Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Gowan and I host this show. Hope you are all well. If you didn't know already, I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and we have a new album coming out soon, which I can't announce yet. What a pain. But uh, if you want to stay up to date and get ready for those announcements, which are coming very, very soon, I promise, I promise, it's so close. You can go over to lord.net.au um, and you can follow all of our social media links via that uh, portal page. Um, but there's also our back catalogue, video clips, uh, our whole historical bios and everything on there. So if you haven't really checked us out, but you want a, a little curious sticky beak, you can go over there to lord.net.au and give our music a crack. Hope you enjoy it. In addition to playing in a heavy, heavy, heavy metal band, I also host the Self Starter Podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment, and freelancing. And so if you know somebody that uh, wants to escape the cubicle, start their own business, that you know an ideas person, someone who's always got an idea but just can't quite get started, Maybe self-starters for them, or maybe it's for you. Maybe you want to earn a little bit of pocket money on the side or have a bit of a side hustle. Check out selfstarter.com.au. You can search for self-starter in your podcast player. Season one is now over as of this episode coming out, I believe, possibly. I'm recording these things in advance, but if it's not over, it's almost over. And season two will be out probably mid in mid-2019. But uh, in the meantime, the season one's out. It's been up and running for the past 12 months. There's a bunch of blogs that accompany the episodes as well. So you can go to selfstarter.com.au, check out all the blog content. Lots of great stories from people that have created uh, things out of nothing, have created their own businesses and have really uh, created, as I now have coined the term, created their own desirable lifestyle. So go over and check that out over at selfstarter.com.au. Hope you like it. This week's shout out. All right. Each and every week, I thank somebody, some legend who helps me out in a range of different ways. It could be something really simple, like a message of encouragement or something positive uh, being shared online, a bit of social media love. It could be buying a t-shirt or a USB pass or uh, some merchandise from the online store. It could be shouting me a beer via the PayPal button over at andysocial.net, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, reviews, all that sort of stuff. It just goes a long way and keeps me keeps me going and keeps me motivated, fueled. You know the drill. You guys have listened to this podcast for too long now. You know what what I crap on about. But um, it means a lot to me. And each and every week, I thank somebody. So this week's shout out is for Scott Peters. Scott is from Castlemaine in regional Victoria. Scott recently bought a USB pass. So, so thank you so much, Scott, for purchasing that. And um, actually quite timely as well because... Um, as of the time of recording this, uh, I have started to archive the first few episodes of the podcast, and probably by the time this comes out, I'll be close to archiving the first 100 episodes of the podcast. So now this will be, I believe this will be episode 160. So that's a nice little milestone, I guess, you know, rounded numbers. Um, so we're... We're getting to a point now where I'm starting to think about what I do with the older episodes. And so I've really been on the fence. I've been quite conflicted about what I do with it, but I'm going to test this out. So I'm archiving the first 100 episodes. And for the time being, they will only be accessible via this USB pass. So if you go to andysocial.net and you click on the buy stuff or online store or whatever the link is on there, um, you'll be able to go to my Bandcamp page and you, you can buy this USB pass. And it has the first 100 episodes. It's about 120 plus hours of me waffling on, as well as some fantastic guests from the first 100 episodes. There's a bit of bonus content on there as well. 
And it's just in this little cool USB pass that you can carry around with you. It'll save you data, and it's just something that you can keep going back to over time as well. And you can listen to it at your at your own pace. Um, over time, as I work things out, and please, I'm really open for any tips as to how I can do this, but I will make single episodes available um, for you know a single paid download or something like that. I probably won't do a subscriber thing. It sounds far too complicated, and I'm really impatient, and I've got a short attention span, but I may do the individual download thing at some point down the track. Bandcamp won't let you do it because they've got a, a size limit on files. So I'll have to find another platform. But uh, yeah, throw me your suggestions of how I could do that down the track. But for now, the first 100 episodes will be available on the USB, USB pass only. So going back to my shout out, sorry, guys. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for buying a USB pass. Hope you enjoy it and uh, digest all of that dribble from me, but also the great content from the guests that have been on the podcast and uh, enjoy it in your own time. Please send me a message when you hear this and I will flick you out a nice little care pack uh, because we all love getting something in the mail. So cheers, Scott. Much appreciated. Alrighty, folks. This week's episode is with Chris Thamelko. Chris is the frontman for Orpheus Amiga, who have been around for the past 10 years and have just recently signed to EVP Recordings and have a brand new album that's going to be coming out very, very soon. So stay tuned for announcements for that. Um, Chris is also the guy behind Monolith Studios and he, in my opinion, I think he's created the sound of Melbourne metal over the past several years. He's been uh, a real big contributor behind some great Melbourne releases, metal releases uh, from bands such as Harlot, uh, Espionage, In Malice's Wake, um, some of the newer bands such as Triple Kill, Trigger, Hollow World, Catacombs, um, some really, really great bands. I'll, I'll put some of the, the links to these uh, releases in the show notes so you can just listen to the sound that Chris has been able to uh, create and get out of these these great bands. So some really, really great work that he's been doing. Um, but in this chat, we spent the majority of the time talking about the band and what's been happening over the past several years. And um, Chris has been through a lot over, over the past several years, and um, we get into a lot of the guts of that. And it's just been really cool to talk to another musician who um, – has had his own journey. And this is really a continuation of some of the really, really cool muso chats that we've had on this podcast so far. So um, if you are a muso listening, hopefully you'll get as much out of this as I have. And even if you're not, I think you'll really just enjoy uh, a lot of this conversation because there's just a lot of parallels in just everyday life that we talk about in this chat. And um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. There's just a lot of cool things. Um, also, we do talk about monolith quite a bit towards the end. But as we were progressing in this chat and I was waffling on as usual, I'll put my hand up, um, I realized that Monolith Studios would be a really good topic to cover in Self-Starter. So next year into season two of Self-Starter, uh, which will kick off probably around mid-year, uh, I'll put an episode out with Chris to talk about Monolith Studios and we'll go through uh, the origin story and what he's done to build that business over the last few years um, in that Self-Starter format. So if you're not familiar with Self-Starter, you can go over to selfstarter.com.au. I know I've already plugged that, but I'll plug it again. And you can go and uh, get a feel of what that podcast is all about. But next year, I'm going to expand it and uh, get a lot more of my music friends on and talk to people uh, that are doing lots of cool things um, and creating their own businesses in the music world as well as everything else as well but um, that will be a part two I guess in in the new year but um, really really cool chat really cool guy he's done a lot of great things over the years and I think he's got a big year coming up going into 2019 so you can go to orpheusofficial.com 
Um, you can search for Orpheus Amiga in all the socials. Um, if you're listening to this through a podcast player, just click through onto the show notes. There'll be clickable links there. So there'll be everything that Chris is involved with, the studio, the band, all the social media links will be in there. I'll put some music. So if you go to andysocial.net and actually click in the show notes page, I'll have some embedded video clips. I'll have some streaming music. I'll have some links to uh, some of the catalog that Monolith Studios has been a part of. I'll just put a whole bunch of stuff in there. You know, the usual drill, everything that I do as usual with the podcast. Enough of me, folks. Please enjoy this really, really cool chat with Chris from Melbourne. Dude, congrats on the signing for EVP. Thank you so much, dude. Um, I'm, I'm a bit sort of... I'm a bit ignorant when it comes to label signings these days because yeah. I mean, it's such a foreign thing for the most part for many bands because we're so DIY and you guys have been mm. DIY for the past 10 years. And I think it's 10 yeah. years this year as well for you guys as well. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So a nice milestone. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it's, yeah, this year's been, it's funny because we've done so little shows, but like it's been the most intense year. <laughs> What do you think? I mean, was this something with EVP? Was this something that you were sort of working on over a period of time and you guys had made a decision that you were going to try and sort of seek out some opportunities with some labels? Or was it just sort of right time, right place, and it just came up in conversation, one of those moments where it went, oh, it all sounds, it all feels good and let's let's move ahead with it? Mostly the latter, to be honest. Um, obviously, EVP deal with awesome bands already. Um they're pretty much like the go-to metal label in Australia. And obviously they've got like, you've got King Parrot and Psychoptic, for example, working with them. Mm. So as far as like a quality thing's concerned, that was never, that was sort of a, that was a given. Um, but for us, it was sort of like, it's sort of like, you know, we had a few chats with them back and forth. Um, we've got Youngie managing us now, um, which is awesome. Mm. Um, and obviously Youngie knows the dudes as well. So we just sort of all had a conversation and sort of, you know, just they, they got on board what we wanted to do with the album what our plans are moving forward and they seemed to sort of share the exact same view about the band and it was just really nice to even though we hadn't worked together much in the past um we rocket was doing some distro for us on our last album through our old label yeah and apart from that though we hadn't really worked together that much but it was really cool that they had been keeping tabs on the band already they knew a lot about us they knew what we were doing and what we've done and they sort of already had some ideas of where we should be going moving forward and just that amount of care was what we've been looking for with a label um so it's just you know it's and obviously i feel like you'd you'd probably um get the same thing as well obviously being being in a band and whatnot but it's it's really hard to find people who really care about your band the way you do Mm. oh yeah like it's 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 just pretty much impossible really um so getting people on board who really i feel like who really got it was awesome. So at that point, we would we very much all sort of got to the point. Where it's like, all right, let's 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 nut it out and make it happen because obviously, we all want the same things, and um, you know, we want to get this album out and tour and do all the things. And yeah, it just honestly, it was a very it was a very natural process that just sort of happened. And yeah, here we are. So yeah, it's one of, awesome. It's it's one of those really cool things where I mean. I guess just from a musician point of view, especially for us, like, and, and I've I've crapped on about this heaps over the over the years with this podcast and mm. just in general. When I talk to people, I mean, we've always taken great pride in being this DIY band where we just take every, we put yeah. everything in house. But there's there's cons that come along with that where 
you become a bit of a control freak with everything that you do. And so you get this, totally. you get this narrative in your head where you think that like exactly what you said before, you're trying to find somebody that's at the same level of passion about what you do as you are yourself, but you start to get exactly. delusional about it, thinking that there, there will be somebody out there that is absolutely at that same level and there never will be but there are heaps of people out there that can really believe in what you do and want to do good things to support you so you know in this age now and what's been for the last several years where you know diy stuff's really talked about and it's really embraced and Mm. musicians have to be multi-purposed and do all these different things and be multi-skilled to to have a band to get signed and to get professional support it's it's not something that's as common as what it used to be or even mm. on a, a musician's radar these days. I think a lot of musicians sort of just think, well, maybe the label's not the right thing or it's it, there's so many totally. fewer options out there that um, we'll just dive straight into DIY and just and leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you. And it's, I, think, I think something I've looked at as an individual more and more um, recently, I think, is you can do it. You can DIY as much as you can. Like try, try to be a jack of all trades when you're a band because things cost. Th- the thing is, the cost of running shows and tours and the rest of it hasn't gone down. No. But bands make a lot less money than they used to. Mm. That's just a given. So my mentality is try to be as efficient as possible. Try to be in control of as much as you can as possible, um, so that you can keep things in your own wheelhouse especially when it comes to like cost saving and all that sort of thing i think everyone should do that it's just a you know it's a clever thing to do to begin with at the same time i'm also learning to get people on side and work with people who are better than you at things you can't do <laughs> like you know the you know the dudes from evp are going to be way better at getting this album distributed than i am and talking to people who are going to post articles and do interviews you know what i mean like mm. And that's time out of my day that I shouldn't need to take because there's someone else out there who can do it better. And I think as a band as well, you should definitely tap into resources when you have the opportunity because it, it is like this whole cyclical thing. And at the end of the day, everyone's getting something out of it. But if you're going to get something out of it because someone can do something better than you and therefore it means your band gets a little bit further or gets a little bit more reach, and there's no reason not to do that. Um, so I feel like I'm probably in a minority, but I still think labels are quite important in that regard. Um, obviously there are heaps of bands that do the whole DIY thing and smash it. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the bands that people look up to are bands who've already been quite established and then went down the DIY route when they've yeah, already true. got heaps and heaps of fans, which is what annoys me. Cause it's like, oh, well they can do it. Like, of course they can. They've had 15 years of label support. Now they're just like, yeah, just screw <laughs> the label. Like, yeah, all right. I get it. Metallica can make their own label, but like not everyone else can. Um, so I, th- I think there's a balance in there. I think we're in a day and age where technology has given us big opportunities to be self-sufficient. Like, you know, I, I run my own studio and bands will send me albums to mix like that haven't stepped foot in my studio because they've tracked everything. And as long as you know what you're doing and you actually put the time and effort in, you're still going to have a good product. It's still going to sound good and they're saving themselves some money. So when that works out, that's something that works really well. At the same time, some bands are going to be like, hey, we actually want someone to help produce this because we want someone else's opinion on it when it comes to the music and not just the tracking. And then you go, well, someone else has been doing this a lot longer than I have. Let's get them involved. So I just I just treat everything like that these days and just you know try to weigh up the pros and cons of it. And if, you, if it feels like there's going to be a better payoff getting someone else involved for whatever thing, then absolutely going to do it. Have you always had that sort of mentality? Because I know that with a lot of people that have sort of created a band, formed a band, and you've it's, it's your baby, it's, it's your passion, it's everything. And just 
even just a little little hint of letting letting go of a little bit of that control and having other people come in to to assist and as you said like surrounding yourself with people that can that are more skilled in particular areas than you are to be able to elevate and push your band to the next level but you know did you ever did you ever get that that hesitation where it's like oh geez i've got to i've got to let go yeah absolutely um (laughs) for me uh, i suppose like it's obviously different for everyone some people never do some people always sort of hold on to the reins quite tightly and you know everyone's different uh for me personally um it actually was like more of like a negative thing because i had sort of gotten to the point where i was super controlling with the band and like was the one steering the ship a lot of the time and i sort of just had like a really crappy period after our last album uh, part of Venom Autumn came out when i just sort of like like had like a full mental meltdown and just like had a real bad burnout and sort of hit that point of like okay i can't i can't do things this way like there needs to be other people involved and helping and the rest of it and sort of had a really good chat to the dudes about all right look i want all of us to do as much as we can but it's time to start sort of outsourcing some stuff as well because i can't do it quite as well and i don't have the energy to do it like physically um and that was a turning point for us as well um everyone else pulled their socks up a bit i guess and i let go of the reins a bit as well and we just sort of went all right let's 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 invite some non-family members into the party so to speak um and i think that was the best thing we could have done because since that point the band's done better than it ever has in 10 years so i think that was the right call to make for us what do you what do you think i mean just going back to that that period where you, you burnt out a bit from that last album was there anything in particular about that whole period that that was a big sort of underlying pin to why you got into that that sort of that state mm. was there something in particular or was it just a culmination of everything that sort of just oh, built up the, over time yeah that was i mean it was interesting because like to be fair that period of time for all of us was a really difficult period which is why the album you know is the whole concept of birth life and death like mm. that was very much reflective of what we we're all going through at the time um Milky had passed away the year prior mm. to the album coming out. So that was something we were all kind of still dealing with. And it was still kind of raw for us as a band. Um, so that crept into a lot of the stuff. We'd all kind of gone through some relationship breakups. Um, the work stuff was really full on. And it really it really was a co- uh, combination of everything. And then when it did get to, you know, a, a band for me, and I feel like most people, is like something at the core of it, you should just, something you just enjoy. And the business side of it then comes from, okay, I want to enjoy this on a larger scale. Mm. Um and for me, I kind of lost the joy of it. I stopped enjoying playing music. Um, and that was a big like, wait a minute, I love doing this. What what the hell sort of thing. And that was kind of like, okay, that was the point. I was like, I, I need to find a different way to do things because otherwise I'm going to end up like not being in a band anymore. Um, so, and you know, it was, just a co- it was just a combination of a whole bunch of stuff at that point. But like when the album was finally out and the tour got rolling, it was kind of like that stress didn't really get relieved. It kind of just like was persistently there night after night. It's just like so it was, it's a different um, type of pressure, isn't it? Like you've got yeah. one, you've alleviated one, and you're just yeah. on, you're just onto the next and one. And you just go into the next one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I organised pretty much the whole tour as well, which you know was like, oh, I know what I'm doing, so I'll do it, sort of thing. And I just kind of didn't realise one after another how much sort of stuff I was taking on, and it kind of all crept up on me, and then just sort of like you know knocked on my door when I wasn't looking, and was like, hey, buddy, like, oh shit, <laughs> life, who expected you to be there? So it was, it was just kind of one of those things. And I mean, I can, I can really. Relate to this because you know in our band we have gone through this so many times over the years and mm. and obviously i think and and i'll and i'll touch on a little bit more and and obviously if we like i'll, I'll only push as much as um you're willing me you're going to let me push but 
you know, about some of the adversity that you guys have gone through over the years. But I think just from a, from a general sort of band perspective and that dynamic of, uh, you know, doing so much yourself and having these mm. moments of, of just exhaustion, you know, physical and mental exhaustion mm. where you get to that point where you have this and you don't even realize it takes so long. And then you sort of sit back and go, wow, none of this is fun. Like this is, everything yeah. is difficult and everything is just like getting mm-hmm. blood out of a stone. And you think, you start asking those massive questions, which are really dangerous. It's like, <laughs> what's my purpose? Like, what am I doing? This is yep. this is stuff that I dreamt about when I was. Why a kid. am I doing and, this? Yeah, and yeah. and if I don't do this, then then what am I? Like, what what, what what's my I? purpose? Yep. And so then it just spirals out of control. And so, oh, dude, that's spot on. <laughs> yeah. So we, I mean, we've gone through a lot of that over the years, up and down, just different. I mean, it's just different chapters of the band and just different things that have mm. happened and. And because we've always taken a lot of it on our own backs and have been a little bit reluctant to share and get other people on board, we we, we go through this, uh, I wouldn't say relatively often, but it has happened multiple times over the years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that moment where you sort of, you hit that critical mass for yourself, and it's up to you how much you want to explain about this, but, mm-hmm. you know, sharing that with the rest of the guys and sort of getting to that point where you, you're sort of going we need to make some changes. I mean, what did you guys, what did you do? Did you sort of just get everyone together and start going through it? Or was it more of a gradual thing where you had to sort of have several conversations and. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was a few things. Um, for me, it was at a point in my life where I needed to go deal with some of my own personal stuff. Mm. Um, so I, I went and started seeing a psych, which was like something I wish I did earlier. And I feel like a lot of people probably don't do it just because they don't, like it really was something that for me, which seemed like, Oh, I probably don't need to do that or whatever. Like it's not that big of a deal was super helpful. Um, like just to put things in perspective and help, you know, like when you get to that sort of point where stuff that you enjoy puts you in a foul mood, it's really hard to nut it out in a logical way and go, well, why, 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 how did I get to this point? You know? Um, so for me, it was like, well, I know the band was the one thing that I always enjoyed and it's not the guys, you know, it wasn't the dudes in the band that were making me feel shit. It was like, well, the whole, the whole experience was making me feel upset and I wasn't sure why. So part of that process was having that chat with the guys and just saying, I don't know what's up. Um, this is how I feel though. Just to keep that in mind while I try to work out what's going on, which, you know, like I've, our band has always been family. Um, and like, like a real family, we, we are at each other's throats a lot, as well as we are loving and caring and all that sort of thing. Like it is very much family. So we talk to each other about everything. So like, I was kind of the first one who had that kind of moment in the band. And as I guess, like, I guess the, I'm, you know, uh, I guess like the default captain in the band, it was, um, it was kind of like weird that it was me. That was the first person to come to the band with like having those sorts of issues. Mm. Um, but I sort of, you know, went and started dealing with my personal stuff and realized that it wasn't really band related, but the band was becoming a symptom as opposed to, you know, the reason and whatnot and started working through it and kept the guys up to date. And, um, like even, you know, the the year later, my brother was just having some trouble with stuff and we sort of took a bit of a break after we did a little bit of touring and, um, just took some time off so that he could, you know, do his thing. And then we were like, Oh, we'll just start writing another album and, you know, all that sort of thing. And it was just making sure that we were, um, I feel like with any, like, you know, being in a band's like being married to like multiple people effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was just kind of, oh, absolutely. And for us, it was just like keeping that communication open between us the whole time. Um, and because of that, it was always like, all right, well, we know how you feel. And so we're going to help in whatever way we can and, you know, at least be accommodating when things do come up. So I think, and again, from that point on as a unit, I think we've been the strongest we've ever been because of it. We don't really dance around dance around the bush anymore so to speak 
beat around the bush and we don't dance around the issues. We just talk to each other and, you know, we're pretty blunt with each other. If we notice something's up with someone and they're being a bit of a dick, you know, like <laughs> just, you know, whatever, I'll just turn around and be like, all right, what, what's going on? Like, what, why are you in a shit mood? Because you, you're basically being a prick. Like, you know, what's, what's up? And then usually it's like, oh, well, this and this is going on. And we're like, all right, cool. Like, you know, don't need to take it out on us. But now that you, now that we know, like, totally fair, dude, come, come jam and have a good time. Like, like, get it out sort of thing, you know? Um, and yeah, I think it was just like, I know, I think it's, a people thing, but obviously like a, a guy thing as well. You don't, you tend to not really talk too much about your problems mm-hmm. and stuff, but we, we are very encouraging with that in our band. Like we're, we're at pack of softies despite the growling and all the angry music. Like, you know, we just, we talk to each other and we actually just get along like family. So we talk to each other about stuff. And I think that was the most important thing because we've dealt with enough shit when it comes to lineup changes and obviously stuff that's going on in the band like that. And so we're at a point where it's like, we don't want to see anyone leave the band because of stuff. That's the one thing we all, universally enjoy together that gets us away from our day-to-day stuff so if anything's going on and anyone's having a hard time it's like that's that's more important than the music and everything else that has to come first and then that gets dealt with and then we get back to having fun that's a big thing to be able to get to that point where you got that Mm. group awareness where everybody sort of gets to a similar page where you can openly discuss things and work through things and you you sort of like yes Mm. the music's important that's what brings everybody together but it's also that that human aspect it's that social aspect and understanding the importance of it's that Mm. chemistry you know and making sure that everybody can can function around each other but enjoy it and and take Mm. care of each other in a way and and you nailed it on the head and this is the hardest thing and it's a it's a common theme that and it gets spoken about quite a bit now but it's a common thing that keeps popping up all the time especially when i'm talking to people on this podcast it's like you know it's a guy thing where Guys mm. are really reluctant to talk, you know, and yeah. we just we, we we love small talk. We love talking shit, and, yeah. and we're, I think many of us are, are some of the biggest bullshitters around. And it's all fun and it's great, but if there is an underlying tension or stress, it's really yeah. hard to get to that point and to understand, identify, and then work through it. It's like getting down. Oh, one hundred percent. So it's um. It's it's a big thing, but I mean, going back to what you said before, where you made that decision to go and and get some help and. And it is something that, I mean, you know, stereotypically, when you look at like, you know, the Americans in the in the US, and and everybody's uh, got got a, a therapist or somebody that they go to, and yeah. and it's it's a common theme, and maybe it's just something that's more in in pop culture rather than the reality, but it seems to be more accepted yeah. and, and embraced, and something that yeah, of course, you need somebody to talk to, you need some somebody that's separated mm-hmm. that can give you some perspective and, and help you work through things. I mean. F- for you to do that, I mean, how hard was that for you to make that decision? Because, I mean, at least from my point of view, given, I don't know, my upbringing and, and friends and everything like that, it's a really hard thing to, to mm. sort of take that step and go, you know what, I might have to just go and speak to somebody just to get, <laughs> just to get this off my chest. Yeah. No, totally. Um, I come from a Macedonian background, so we fix everything with Windex. Um, <laughs> so... So the whole like mental health thing's a really weird thing when you're like that area of Europe. Like everything's fixed with either yelling at each other or like you know, like getting hit up the ass with like a thong or a wooden spoon. Like that's usually how things are sorted out. <laughs> um, but I guess I don't think for for me personally, like I had a lot of mates who've dealt with mental health problems and stuff. Um, so that wasn't really a thing for me to be like. It wasn't really like that there was anything that made me not want to go or any stigma to it. But it was more so the fact that I think maybe I was too confident I didn't need it. Mm. Like, my thing was more like, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal. No, it's fine. I'll sort it out. And 
I mean, if you get to a point where everything's upsetting you and you're having trouble sort of getting a grip on stuff, it's like you probably do need someone else to help. So for me, it was just more knowing my limits. And I'm not very good at knowing my limits in general. I tend to like definitely overwork myself and definitely overdo things until someone tells me I'm being an idiot and blah, blah, blah. So I think it was just more of a character trait for me personally to just maybe procrastinate with it a bit more than I should have. Um, and then once I did, it was, you know, it really was like, fuck, I wish I did this earlier. <laughs> um, I mean, so yeah, it was definitely one of those things. Yeah. And I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that I've, I've met over the last few years with this podcast that listen, you know, continuously and, and get a lot out of the people that, that are on the podcast and this sort of stuff's really important. And I mean, for people that don't understand or are too worried or hesitant to sort of dig into that world to to get some some assistance and and I mean what what does it look like I mean for for somebody out there who thinks oh geez well maybe maybe I am like some of those symptoms oh geez oh, I'm pissed off at everything like everything's everything's getting under my skin maybe I maybe I need to do something I mean what what does it look like I mean what's what's the sort of standard approach for what what have you experienced when you went in there I mean obviously getting perspective from a different oh. person. Um, yeah, be able to talk about it, but what's it, what would it look like for you? Well, you, honestly, like as, as silly comparison as this might be, but you know that whole thing as I was saying before, where like, and you know, I'm sure you can relate as a musician. You know, when like someone else will listen to your music or help produce your stuff, right? And they just start picking on things that you didn't know were there. Mm. Like they just sort of go, oh, well, like, well, you're doing this thing, and you go, oh, really? That's how I'm playing my instrument. I didn't realize I've been apparently I've been down picking wrong my entire life. It's like <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Like they're just able to analyze it in a way that you, you know, you miss the forest for the trees sometimes in your own life because you're so embedded in everything you do. It's a very different perspective when someone who doesn't know you can just get the overall picture and be able to go, oh, that doesn't sound too healthy. Like that probably doesn't sound like it's doing you any favors. And you go, oh, it's been fine this whole time and they go not really and it's just that thing of you know someone who's obviously you know spent all their however many years learning about those traits that you know come up with people when it's like everyone's different and your characteristics are always going to be different things are going to be difficult and easy you know on everyday life but there are things that stick out that it traits among people who do seem to have certain issues whatever it may be um, and it's, I guess it's a very, it is confronting, but also kind of relieving to have someone else tell you, oh, it's, it's this thing. Like this is, this is a problem because of X, Y, Z reasons. And you never really get there yourself. And you kind of go, oh, that makes so much sense now. Um, for me, it was actually a really relieving process as opposed to anything else. Like the first few sessions I went to, were obviously just, you know, me unloading about all the stuff that was going on and basically just being like, I don't know why all these things are, you know, happening and why I feel this way, but these are the things and this is why I'm here. And then it was like nice to get that off my shoulders to begin with to someone who's not so embedded in my life that, you know, they can just sort of take it from a different perspective. And then from there, it was actually a really positive thing. I was actually looking forward to going and being like, oh, I wonder what I can try to fix today. You know, what, what headway we can make on whatever thing. Cause I, I definitely like my mentality to most things is I'm very problem, like, like problem solving and problem solving oriented with a lot of the things I do. So to me, it was just another thing to be able to go, well, it's just something I can help problem solve and be in a happier situation because of it. So there's no downside to this. Um, and it was, it was like, you know, I've, I, I had a pretty pleasant person to deal with and my psych was, and is a pretty awesome dude. And, you know, has a good laugh as well. Sometimes at my expense, which is actually really good. Um, cause I can sort of take things a bit too seriously sometimes. And so, yeah, honestly, it's, it's, I feel like I didn't really have a perspective on it before going, but you know, everyone, 
the stigma is it's like this big scary thing and oh what if you know i'm nuts and this that's like everyone everyone's slightly nuts to be fair but like it's about how you manage those things and how you can go through life and not succumb to some of the stuff that is a bit more difficult and be able to like preemptively pick up on stuff before you get into that situation again Mm -hmm. so like now i'm much more well aware of not burning myself out i know where my limits are and instead of pushing them like i used to now i know to go no this is too much and there's there's no there's no valid reason and nothing can come up that's worth me getting to that point again because i know where it left me last time so there's no opportunity that's big enough that's worth my mental health um so that was the biggest change that i took on board and the thing is, you said you sort of touched on briefly is that that disconnect between and in a good way between you and that person that you're speaking to and, and that mm. person that's working through this stuff with you and and you know a lot of the the mental health stuff that's been spoken about quite a bit these days, which is really important and it's good that it's in the it's sort of at the forefront and people are you know mm. the are, are you okay days and all this sort of stuff yeah. And it's good because we're encouraging everybody to reach out to each other. But sometimes, and not that I want to downplay the importance of speaking to friends and family and letting people know how you feel, but Mm. having somebody that has zero context to you and no bias, no connection whatsoever, who can just take you as a clean slate for who you are in this, at this moment and listen Mm. to everything. Because some, I mean, I know from my, from my perspective, if I, if somebody's come to me that I've got a really good relationship with and, and they're pouring it out to me, then I start to try and help them in a way that there's a bias attached to yeah. it. And sometimes exactly. it's not for the best for that person because there's, there's an, there's an additional agenda there that might not be actually mm-hmm. benefiting the situation. And, and it doesn't mean that in all cases that that's always a bad thing, but sometimes yeah you need that that separation for somebody to look at you just as you are mm-hmm. right now and go no this is these are some things that I can see and I can talk to you straight oh dude 100% and like it is i mean the thing is like when you're talking to friends and stuff it's good because they're always going to be positive towards you because mm-hmm. they're your friends like that's that's why we have friends you know these are the people that care about you no matter what and think the world of you because they're your friends um having someone who has no attachment to you whatsoever. You know, and for me, it was nice to have someone who kind of told me I was wrong sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, in, in not as many words, but, you know, doing the psych way of doing it. Like you realize that you're wrong and then you can tell me how you know that sort of deal. <laughs> um, but it was actually really good to be able to have a bit of a mirror held in front of me as well that I never really had. And it was kind of like, ah, oh, I probably caused that situation. And now that's the symptom of it. And now I can work out how to not do that thing that led to the thing that made me feel like shit, you know? So it's, it is, Look, I, th- I think my mentality these days to having any kind of, you know, I guess in-depth issues or whatnot is, you know, like obviously we have like, you know, like the whole are you okay days more if you're not talk to someone sort of thing. Yeah. But I think an important thing that we don't discuss is that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Like a lot of the time the mentality is you're not okay, go get fixed, which is fine because that's what ultimately everyone wants. But the time in between getting better is spent shitting yourself that you're going to be a burden on someone else or you're not functioning like everyone else so you're not as good everyone has problems everyone has issues and there is nothing wrong with that it is perfectly fine to not be okay you're allowed to wake up and feel shit and just go yeah i feel shit and that's it there's there's nothing else that needs to be attached to that because people start feeling guilty for it and then they start worrying about how they're going to impact other people or like what if i don't do a good job today at work or whatever it is you're allowed to have that feeling you're allowed to just feel bad and it doesn't need to be supplemented by feeling guilty for it. And I think that's something we don't really talk about enough 
it's it's always kind of the both ends of the if you're not okay then it can be fixed but there's there is that road in between and it's like the way you feel or at least from a lot of people i know and how i felt as well you, you feel pretty shit for feeling pretty shit yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that because everyone goes through something at some point you know like we're not all the same thing but everyone has a time in their life that's really really difficult and you don't know how to deal with it so you're even more stressed because you don't know how to deal with it oh, and man. i think it's just being able to Mm. Oh, I was just going to say, you just nailed it because this is something that I see so frequently with, with a lot of people that I know where you you have those days and those days become multiple days, they become weeks, they become yep. months and, and it all stems, it doesn't always stem, I shouldn't say that, but it, it often stems from that I feel like shit because I feel like shit. And so you start to kick yourself because yeah. and feel guilty because you feel bad. And it's hard yeah. because I think... I think and we don't always, we're not always conscious of it, but I think when we're, you know, we're, we're on Instagram and, and Facebook and especially, uh, and especially for like us as musicians as well. I mean, we, uh, our, a lot of our circles are friends, peers, people that are doing similar stuff that we, that we all do. And so yeah. we're seeing people um, having great wins, having great moments of success, doing yeah. these amazing things. And for the most part, a lot of us don't document the hard times. We talk about yeah, and celebrate absolutely. the wins and, and whether it just be through a visual or through commentary or whatever it is. And so sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll wake up one morning and we're like half awake and, and unfortunately scrolling on our phone, we probably shouldn't be. And we look at somebody and they're, they're announced on, on something massive or they're, they're in the middle of Europe mm-hmm. and they're doing these great tours and you sit there and go, oh, fuck. And so you think, what am yeah, I? Yeah, why am, am I doing that well? I'm obviously failing and that's how right. well they're going and... But and I think that's you an lose perspective. symptom of like social media these it days. Is, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, but oh, it's one of those yeah. things like, you know, it's, it, you lose, you lose that perspective. Yep. It's, it's, it's hard, right? Because I like, I, I've sort of dropped off a little bit with Facebook in the sense that I treat it a lot as a promotional tool because mm-hmm. it is for me, like, you know, majority of my work and hobbies go through Facebook, whether it's band related or recording. Most of the time it's through there. Like no one contacts me through my band email address. It's always through bloody Facebook. Mm. Um, so I've sort of taken that approach to it. But like at the same time, there are times when if something comes to my mind that is a little bit more vulnerable or, you know, it's something I may notice with other people as well, then I'm, I, t- I will take the chance to, to put it up because it's like, I, as silly as it is, like I still get a lot of people, you know, who will talk to me and be like, oh, dude, you're doing so well. And it's like, you know, you're doing all these cool things. And it's like, you kind of have to go, I am. And it is awesome. But like, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that isn't pleasant. So don't overthink it sort of thing. Like, don't, don't look at everything. Like everyone's doing their thing and it's awesome when they're doing well, but people, you know, everyone's people, everyone has downtimes. And even the people who are, you know, maybe announcing the greatest thing they're about to be doing, have probably gone through a lot of hard shit to get there as well. Um, I think I don't know if I read the article properly. So for any inaccuracies, I'm, I apologize. I might be wrong, but um, the band Tonight Alive, mm. um, Aussie band. Um, I think they just announced that they're taking off some time from touring to deal with some mental health stuff. A couple of the members or something, and it's like I could I could not commend that anymore. Like that is is really important because so many bands end up breaking up or losing members because they're like we have to keep going, we have to keep going, and someone's like I can't deal with this. I'm gonna like, you know, again, sort of work that whole thing I was saying about a few years back. It's like sometimes you need to stop the train for a bit so people can like, you know, hop off, deal with some stuff and come back on. And I think a lot of bands or just people in general don't really put that forward because you're right. You jump on Facebook and it's like, I'm having the best time doing this and this and that. And it's like, 
everyone's just like, well, why am I having a shit time? Look at everyone else. And it's like, it's not. Everyone's having a shit time. They're just not posting about it. <laughs> it's just how it goes. 100%. And, and yeah. I think and another thing like I've I've spoken about quite a bit with other other musicians is this false sense of panic that we all have where it's, it's yeah. if we're not if we're not announcing a tour then we're, we're <laughs> going into the studio and we're recording another album or we're putting yeah. out some new merch or we're doing something to make sure that we're always visible we're always out there doing something we're moving we're moving moving and and people are paying attention especially now where attention is such a yeah. massive thing and you know one moment you're 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 the focal point and the next minute you're completely forgotten and so there's this stress mm-hmm. that sits there and people think that you've only got now and that's it and when people mm-hmm. realize that you know this is a this is a long game and and mm-hmm. for many of us this is just a part of our it's a part of our identity it's it's our life and yeah. so whether whether we you know get to do all the amazing things now or we get to do them in 10 years or 15 years or not even like some of these things never happen it's that whole journey along the way and understanding yeah. when to slow down when to break when to accelerate and mm-hmm. not be not feel guilty for any of those those decisions along the way and it's just what your journey is versus another band's or another musician's yeah. is completely different it's just like the music yep. is yeah dude absolutely and I, I mean maybe i mean maybe you might be on the same page as me on this one as well but like i feel like um i think part of it comes with maturity as well um or like age and maturity i think mm. it, i think it's both um for like for me when i was in my early 20s um like i'm, I'm about to turn 30 in a month and in my early 20s, it was like, need to do everything, need to play every gig. Like, you know, if we're not signed by this point and this point, it's like, it's all going to shit. And like, that was the mentality. Now that I'm like, you know, nearly 30 and the band's 10 years in, I still haven't done half the shit I want to do. I'm like, nah, I'm in no hurry. I'm enjoying myself. You know, I don't need to be rushing for all that. You know, this isn't going anywhere. You know, otherwise I'm going to lose all the time I'm enjoying just because I'm stressing it out about trying to catch up to every other band. It's like, I could care less at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I, I even see it in like me doing this podcast as well. You sort of, it, it's that whole competitive aspect where you sort of size yourself up and it's that comparison sort of, uh, um, you know, approach that a lot of people take and you size yourself up against whoever else is doing similar things to what you do. And, and then somebody, somebody like takes the lead and you think, oh shit, you know, we're not doing as well as what, uh, what somebody else is doing, but you realize that it's all a long game and everybody's version of success or whatever their outcome is, is completely yeah. different. And, you know, for, for us, I mean, you know, we always had those moments where we sort of sit there and go, Oh geez, like, you know, we should be somewhere <laughs> else or we should be doing something else. Or we should, why are we, we not have, doing better guys? Yeah. Look at everyone else. Why yeah, what's we... going on? Yeah. And then you sort of sit back and you think, man, like if something tragic happened or, or something just stopped and forced everybody to cease what we were doing, and we realized that it was never going to continue ever again. And you sort of look back and you think, man, like, we're pretty lucky. Like, everything that we've done and yep. everything that we've achieved and the experiences that we've had, the people that we've met, the music we put out, all that sort of stuff. And you, then you start to compare it in a different way and you start to think, man, yeah. like, it's so unique that of what we're doing. And what anybody's doing compared to everybody else. And you just think, like, not many people get to experience exactly what I've experienced. And, and that's, that's really important. Dude, we don't, spot on. We don't do it often enough, though. That's the, that's the big problem. Dude, it's so funny because, like, you know, it's such a weird thing, right? Because I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just, like, my upbringing stuff. My, my mentality has always been, like, you always judge yourself on your last big thing and whatever, right? So you kind of, like, always have that, like, it's the forever hanging carrot in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, I think a few years ago, I started sort of taking a bit more stock in what I had achieved, which is not some stuff which is not what I expected, but 
taking a step back to be able to go, oh, wow, that's that's a big deal. Like, that's things I never got to do. I've never traveled overseas before until we went overseas with Orpheus. Mm. And because of the band, we got to go overseas to like five countries, play to all these awesome people, get taken care of by people we'd never met before, start learning new languages and meeting all these new people and had the best time of our lives. And it's like, I got to do that because of the band. Um, we obviously have, you know, you have so many goals you want to achieve with everything, but you need to sort of take some stock in what you've achieved and, you know, just what you've experienced as well. Um, obviously like for us, we going to Europe is a really big goal for us and we definitely want to, you know, we really want to strive towards getting there. Um, and you know, I can either sit here and be like, oh, well, we haven't done that in 10 years. So we suck. And you know, this all sucks. And it's like, well, it doesn't, this is, this is the part of the experience that we get to have in our way that other bands do or don't, but it's irrelevant because we're, we're, getting to experience these things together in our way. And that's really important. Um, so a, lo- a lot of it sort of does come down to also being able to go. It's, there is so much that you get out of the experience and being able to like, for me, being able to go back to enjoying that is a really big deal because I sort of stopped enjoying that because I was forever trying to like push forward. And like you said, it's like forever staying relevant, forever trying to push forward and do the next big thing and not really going, you know what? there's no one to compete with. Like, this is just us doing our thing and trying to take it as far as we can. And let's enjoy the fact that we've managed to do it in any capacity to begin with, really. Well, you, you hit one thing and you you have a goal, you hit that goal and nothing else matters until you hit that goal and then you hit it and you just don't even have time to, to sort of to appreciate to, to appreciate because because the next one's there and you're already frustrated that you haven't hit the next one and so then you start you start to you catch yourself out and you think when when is enough enough like when when mm. am I going to find that satisfaction and that's what sends a lot of people crazy because they they're looking for this thing that's going to fill some mis- mysterious void but they realize that what they've been going through and what they've been through over the uh, you know in the past is what fills that void and but it, you're so mm. blindsided and you've got tunnel vision of just focusing on these things that are always distant and it, it's that and i think we always love to strive for things as well but mm-hmm. which is a real positive thing we should always be looking to progress and get better and do, yep. do these things but um we're definitely not really miss the forest for the trees though oh, that's yeah 100 percent. all those all those yeah. sayings that you hear over the years and you oh, think, dude, oh yeah it's... whatever that means and then, <laughs> and then eventually it's like oh that makes that makes a dude, lot more I sense. I feel than... it's such a component of getting older. Like, <laughs> I, I legitimately have hit that point where I'm just like throwing out clear series, and I'm like, I'm the old man no one likes now. Like, <laughs> like I, it's it's like it's a bit like it's so funny being here, you know, arguably young. I, I like to think that way. Hmm. Um, but getting bands who come through, for example, who are in there, like you know, like who've just turned like eighteen, nineteen, and me being like, my immediate mentality is like one this is exciting. There are bands who are really young who still want to play metal, which is really awesome. And then I'm just sitting there being like, what ancient wisdom can I pass on to them? (laughs) What mistakes can I make sure they don't make? Like, you know, it's just those, those things. And I'm just like throwing out cliches and little quotes and things. And I'm like, I'll just, let me give you a calendar full of quotes. Just trust me on this one. In a few years, it'll be really important. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a book of wisdom. It'll make make sense one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Trust me. The, give it a few more years till you're a little more wizened and white, and you'll you'll know. <laughs> oh man, I, I've been going through that over the last few years, where I've always I've always mm. seen myself as the baby. You know, I'd come into mm. into a band situation or just the people oh, yeah. I, I I went to gigs with. I was always the youngest, and I was just I was always the, uh, or at least I I always saw myself as the young, immature guy that just liked partying and drinking and all that sort of stuff, like most guys yeah. anyway. But I always saw myself in that sort of light and. 
And it's only been the last few years where I've just found myself having these different types of conversations with people and and then very similar to what you said, you start throwing out these little things, these little nuggets and this little little bits of mm. pieces of perspective and then you start thinking, oh, God, like I, I, I sound like somebody like when I was young and somebody was trying to teach me <laughs> yeah. something, I'm like, oh, come on, get it, get out of it. Like God, You're just old. You don't get it. I'm going to be better than that. And you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you'll find out one day. You'll find out. Uh, dude, it was actually really funny. I... I like I've kind of had that relationship with our keyboardist Kez. Like love the kid to bits. He's also the youngest in the band. And there's been a few times where, you know, we've had some real talk moments and I've been like, look, man, I'm going to sound like a really old bastard right now, but trust me when I give you this advice, like, it, you know, you're young, you know, I hate to say that, but you are, you're just young. And trust me when you get a bit older. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, if my parents said this to me, <laughs> yeah, I hope, I'd be I hope, like, get out of my face. I hope me. they're not in the room where they're listening to me going, oh, yeah. I, we've had this conversation. But I think like one of the best times I remember just saying, I don't know, I said something to him a few years back and I can't remember what happened, but he kind of reminded me about it. And I was like, I did too. And he's like, yeah really good advice. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I just thought it was a nugget of crap at the time, but it sounded like a good idea. So, you know, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> I, I mean, I there's, think there's always, yeah. Oh no, I was just going to say, I think, I think it's, 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 I think it's for anybody really. I mean, as, as you get older, it's just life experience. And the more, the more experience you have just in all facets of life, the more that you're able to yeah. give perspective and, and, and also see the patterns in, in the past, you know, see, see what other people mm. are doing in their journeys. But I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to not to make us feel all unique and stuff, but I think you know the musician setting and the band setting and and it's it's I think compared to an average person and and the normal sort of circumstances that people find themselves in, I think there's a uniqueness and a and a really odd uh, social dynamic of being a musician and being some form of creative or a performer or somebody that has to mingle with a mm. lot of different people and different personalities and different egos. And as you said, like the, the example of mm. going overseas and, and the band being that tool that got you overseas as well. And so suddenly you're not there as, I mean, yeah, maybe part there as a tourist to, to experience it, but you're not there solely as a tourist and so you're there in this really mm. unique way and so you learn so many really odd things things that you sort of at the time you, you they're not you don't even think they're sinking in but eventually down the track yep. you start to have conversations with people and you find that oh my god like all these unique circumstances i've been through yep. i'm able to pass them on to, to other people dude absolutely like absolutely and it's the funniest thing is like sometimes i have to apologize and be like look i'm just like you know it's like i hate to say in my experience or this happened it's not about me but it's because i've learned this thing that is also like something that's happened to other people and now i can go oh that's that's actually how that goes it's this weird thing you you do you just start passing that you just kind of start passing that information on to people and it's not even like this intentional thing of like oh trust me i know everything it's just you kind of just catch yourself going oh yeah i had that i had that experience that this person hasn't had and I have the unique ability now to pass that on to someone else and be able to go, oh, if you do find yourself in this situation, this might be a thing or whatever. And it, it is. It's a, it's a really cool thing as well to be able to have something t that you get to do that does come with that sort of caveat of like, oh, I get to share this with people in a like, you know, like in a, in a knowledgeable way. And hopefully, you know, it helps someone else's experience as well in that situation. So it, it is pretty cool in that sense. It's, I mean, it's really cool. And I think when, when you get that awareness and you start to see that, that type of 
that overarching perspective, that awareness of, mm. of, of where you've where you've got to and where you are now, and you start to think, wow, there's there's a there's a lot there, and there's a lot that can be shared, and mm. and um and it just I think it increases your own stock value. Like you feel more valuable. You feel like you can help other people and share things. Totally. Just even just in basic conversation with people, and instead of just talking, you know, having that small talk, or you know, as we'll say before, as I was saying before, the the bullshitting aspect. You know, you're able to have mm. more constructive conversations with people and stuff, and conversations with more substance. And it's yeah. just a it's yeah. very underrated, I think. I to- dude, absolutely. And it is cool just to, when you do talk to other people who've also had those experiences and just, it is, it is cool to sort of sometimes not just be in your own backyard all the time. Mm. And I think with touring, that's, you know, being in a band, again, even just being, I guess, someone in an artsy kind of background and whatnot, it's really cool to have that because you're right. It's not the experience everyone gets. And it's weird, you know, maybe, maybe it's just something that I've been, I guess, lucky enough. But like when I talk to some family members, like, you know, when it comes to getting together on Christmas, for example, or whatever, like some people in my family who are like, you know, arguably doing quite well for themselves. And I'm like the weird muso in the family <laughs> or like my brother and I, yeah. sometimes we'll, you know, be like, Oh, well, yeah, we just, we went overseas and did this and that. And they just like completely flip out. Cause they're just like asking about all the stuff that we maybe take for granted because we've done it. Yep. And we're just Absolutely. like, Oh yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Like we had a small, you know, it was like a small tour played to a couple of hundred people a night. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like oh, playing but- Rod Laver with like, you know, Katy Perry or whatever. And, but you, you kind of forget again, it's that forest for the trees thing. Cause you're involved in it. You don't see that perspective and they just sit there and go, Oh, I wish I could do that. Or that sounds amazing. Just being able to play your music and go play to people. And then you kind of have that moment again where you go, this is pretty special. Like I'm, I'm actually, yeah. Like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about all these things I want to be able to do, but forgetting how awesome it is what i've already done and again it's that perspective thing that i think people tend to miss out on sometimes yeah definitely um the other thing that i think is really unique about sort of being in a band and, and being a musician is is working with a lot of different people you know whether it be in the band or, or mm. you know people that are attached to the band but i mean one thing that we've noticed over the years and experienced and and it's like a running joke is just the 50 million people that have played in this band over the years and we've been lucky <laughs> we've been lucky enough in a way that you know the three of us Mark Tim and myself are pretty much the foundation of the band and we've got we've we've finally after I think about 6 years we've finally just come to the realization that we we're, we're not going to look for a permanent drummer anymore we're just going to get yeah. we're going to get great people to come on board with us when we have tours yeah. and do recordings and things like that um but the band is is the three of us and that's the identity but I mean, we've we've mm. gone through lots of lineup changes over the years, and and Tim even more so than the rest of us. But yeah, that that type of that type of experience over and over again can be really character building. And, I'm, and, I, and I say mm. that in a, in a way to try and put a silver lining on it. But it's it's mm-hmm. it is a level of adversity, and it's very difficult. And a lot of people struggle with this because music's very you know it's emotional it's people's passions it's what people a lot of people dream of when they're younger and and they Mm -hmm. finally do it and then you know when people move on and change it compromises the vision and things like that and i mean you've had a bit of that but i mean you've also had it on another level again with you know Mm. with you know a member a friend passing away as well yeah Uh, i mean after all that and just and what we're saying before about being able to pass things onto other people from your experiences. I mean, what, what were the big takeaways that you sort of had from going through all of this stuff over, over the last several years where, you know, from relationships with people and, and that dynamic and having to constantly, not constantly, but having to have on, on occasions, having to sort of 
regroup and try and work it out and go through this really these yeah. extreme moments? Um, look, I think the thing for us, and again, as I can, as cliches, I can only speak from like my experience, obviously. Um, but with us as a band, our biggest thing is like with, with stuff like that, it's again, that whole keeping communication open and, tr you know, like the band is a very, like that whole relationship thing of like, it's, it's a family and it's a group of people who need to coexist together. So going through stuff like that, no matter like whether it's normal band chain, uh, band lineup changes or, you know, things like that we've gone through that obviously other, other, a lot of other bands have unfortunately as well. It, it is just like keeping that core together and like being there for each other. Otherwise it all kind of falls apart. Hmm. Um, and again, that kind of goes, goes back to what I was saying originally where I know some bands have a very much like give it at the door mentality when you do band stuff because it's like, all right, band is, band is band and it's there to, you know, to be fun and whatever. But we've, we've always been like, okay, look, we're family first and that needs to happen because the music doesn't work otherwise. We, there's no band without that friendship and that solidarity. Because if we're going to, make choices together that means spending time away from other loved ones and going on tour together and you know spending stupid amounts of money recording albums and the rest mm. of it then you know we better all be on the same page so i think getting through things like that that we've gone through comes from being so close and so open with each other like that is just an absolute necessity and you know any other bands that have been around for a while kind of know what that's like in general just the whole having to really band together sort of thing. And uh, God, man, I hate saying this, but as you get older, you realize how much more important that is. Um, when you're younger, it's all about, you know, just the chase and the fight and doing the things. And then, you know, maybe after a little bit of time when your connection gets stronger with your band and the rest of it, it, it that really solidifies why you do it in the first place. So you mentioned the whole like lineup changes thing, which is like really hard in general. I think, I think, you know, when you see it with bands that you've like either friends with, and I'm, I'm sure you know the same as well, apart from being in bands with those sorts of things, it, it can get really hard because, you know, again, you, it's like forming all these bonds with these people and becoming family. And then those people aren't there anymore for one reason or another. Mm. Um, and it is just that thing of like always just making sure that whoever is there at the time and whoever is involved is, you know, part of that core and just you know you guys are there for each other and actually keep communication open and treat it like that if it's a completely business thing and you're smashing pumpkins or whatever it is sure do that but like most bands don't quite get to that level where you can just you know um do it for the money so to speak it's not really what especially the metal scene's about and it doesn't really work like that it's it's hard man i mean especially especially for bands sort of on on and around our levels where you know you you you're relying on yourself so much and and mm. on each other and yes like as you said before like unless you're unless you're a massive band with a, all this additional support that can keep keep the whole ship moving mm -hmm. it's very very difficult and so when when these changes happen there's there's all i mean going back to what we said really like sort of early in the conversation where you sort of have these moments of oh god like what am i doing you know what what what's what's the purpose here what's the why behind behind all this stuff and all and mm -hmm. all this all this hard work i mean over these over these points in time for you guys as a band and a collective i mean did did you guys ever think at one point that 
you know, maybe maybe we need to just take a completely different direction and 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 maybe the band itself because I know you guys changed your band name earlier in the piece as well mm. and so that that's a big thing psychologically it can be like it's part of your your identity that's changing. Mm. Um, Milky passing away as well. I mean, those sort of things mm. where what you've seen and what you visualize in your mind and in you know inside each of you as to what you think that band is and as those those pieces change. Yeah. Um, did you guys have those moments where you think, you know what, maybe maybe we need to just sort of stop it as it is and, and go off in a different direction? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, I mean, I, I remember, like, literally the day Milky passed away. We all obviously got together and just dealing with that. And that was the night before the album launch for Resolution, you know. Mm. Um, and I remember, like, just us being like, I don't think we can do this as a band, you know, like, I think this is it. Cause you know, we, that was still quite early on. And, and, and we'd know, I mean, most of us had been good friends with Milky since our mid early teens anyway, you know, like Milky and I ran like our local um, youth music group together and stuff. Um, one of the, like our local freezer thing, which is a, you mm-hmm. know, Victorian um, sort of youth arts thing. And like, so we'd known each other for ages already and, you know, we were all family and, and, you know that happened and then we sort of just sat there and kind of you know just had that mentality where we realized like you know what if it was any other one of us would we really want it to stop like you know would would we be okay with that being the outcome for it and we kind of banded together more than anything so that was that was you know that was definitely one point in the band where it was either all right we're either out or we're you know i think this is the end of the band sort of thing and then decided against it which i'm really glad we did because it meant we get to spend more you know the album that milky was last on got to come out and we got to tour on it and you know basically pay our respects to him and his legacy in the band during that time and then obviously after that and doing some touring overseas and um you know having another member change from um dan well dan from nabarus was playing with us for a while on bass and you know after that sort of change we were like all right well look you know there's the same sort of thing i guess we had the core of the four of us at that point and we were like well let's just start writing let's do this album because we we after doing that tour the four of us who were left in the band felt stronger than ever as a unit you know and that was a decision of like well what do we do with a bassist and then nathan sort of came along um and basically just started hanging out and you know sort of being a part of the process and we weren't really committed to getting another bassist at the point but nathan showed a lot of um he wanted to be a part of the band you know he really wanted to be a part of it and that happened organically and because of that it was like well now we have this new person in and we're in the middle of writing this album and how do we incorporate that person into this, you know? And so there's been, a, there's been a lot of points in the band that I think that has happened. I don't think we've fundamentally changed as a band, but it's definitely been things that we've had to sit down and discuss, or at least maybe go, Hey, where do we want to be going with this? And I think after the last album, after we got all the stuff off our chest with all the stuff that was going on and we sort of hit a, I guess, a better point in our lives. Um, I think some of the biggest things that happened with us that led to sort of, sort of those conversations was um in through 2016 we toured with trivium and lacuna coil in australia mm, yeah jealous and got along with oh, <laughs> that's mate, awesome when i, I saw I, that I, I, <laughs> dude that was like like again like 14 15 year old me was like literally losing his shit it was like that scene from simpsons when um flanders sees the purple drapes and it's just like oh. ah purple drapes <laughs> yeah. it was that but like trivium <laughs> So, like, for for a lot of us, it was very much like, no way, you know. And we learned so much on that tour, Mm. like, from the guys in Trivium, from their crew, um, playing to a shit ton of people, which was 
obviously awesome, but people who were singing along to our songs from the, cool. from the last album. And that was something we never had before because we didn't have any singing in our songs. So people <laughs> usually just, you know, moshing along. But having that and just that experience for us was very much something that we, once we got off the tour and just went, I want more of that. I want, I want that level of touring. I want that level of professionalism that we put into that and to take that on board moving forward. So that had a pretty profound effect on us enough that we sat down and kind of went, what do we want out of this next album? Like, what do we actually want to do instead of just writing? What effect do we want from it? What sort of show do we want to put on as a result of it? Which is not something we had as a conversation before. So we've had all those moments. I think what's been important is taking stock in that, sitting down, talking about it, and just getting everyone else's views on it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we've, we've always had opposing views on a lot of things. But we sort of need to get to the point where 80% of our views are the same and the other 20% is up for debate, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's always kind of been how we've worked. But I think for the first time in, again, in 10, in 10 years, I think the last year and a half to two has been the most cohesive we've been as a unit ever and, like, the most on the same page. Like, even though we, like, we're democratic about everything, sometimes, like, Joao and I, who just tend to be, like, the mum and dad of the group for the most part, <laughs> we'll make a decision, we'll do it, and then we'll turn around and go... Unless you guys disagree completely, we're pretty sure this was the right choice to make. And literally 10 times out of 10, we don't ever do anything unless we know that everyone's going to agree sort of thing. Um, so the guys are always just like, yep, well done. Glad you jumped on that one. And it's just, you know, we, we kind of read each other pretty well at this point, which is nice. Well, there's a level of trust there, isn't it? And that's, that's half yeah. the battle. Oh, dude, totally. And again, I think it comes with time. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, it's like any relationship, you know, you, the more time you spend with those people and whatnot, the more you know what their nuances are and what to go with and what to trust and the rest of it. So I don't think a band's any different. Like I always tell people, like for any time I've been in a relationship, I'm like, just remember, I'm pretty much married to four other dudes. So you just need to be aware of that. Like, <laughs> you know, and most people tend to get it and it's kind of mostly comical for them. Whereas I'm sitting there like, no, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, uh, you know, it's such a weird dynamic, isn't it? Like it's, uh, mm. I mean, I guess the only other comparison could be people that, you know, uh, are active in, in sporting teams and things like that. And, and I guess it's, mm. it's a slightly different dynamic again, but obviously you, you've got a, you, it's that, it's that sort of team environment where you, you have to leverage off each other and you have to leverage yeah. off each other's, strengths and also identify people's weaknesses mm -hmm. and rise above rise above any individual egos and things like that totally. and find find the higher ground and, and let things slide where you know what's what's actually necessary what's not and um it's a very hard thing to do and that's why you know in the grand scheme of things if you're looking at a sort of a ratio it's a, it's only a very small you know percentage of people that are that are actually or groups of people that are that are successful you know in in a multitude of ways of of you know reaching whatever their their goals are because it's just such a mm. hard thing to coordinate between a number of different people and you've got to find those right people dude 100 percent. and like you know like organizing a group of people to do one specific thing who from you know it's not their livelihood for you know you know like you said like 90 percent of bands are not making a living off this. So to get like, you know, say five people organized on the same page and be able to go, all right, we're taking this time off our work and whatever's going on in our personal life so we can go and spend three weeks in a bus together and be gross and disgusting and not shower. <laughs> it takes some freaking effort. Like there's, I, you know, I think there's something to say about the mentality of people who are willing to do that. Like, I think we all have to be a little bit crazy for that to be a choice we make. Um, but the, the logistics of making those choice, turning those choices into actions is, 
when you can find that with a group of people and, and enough so that you don't say yes to everything or you don't all kind of just go, oh, I guess we have to do this, but more so that you all are on the same page with your approach to it, that you can all go, yeah, right, maybe this is not a good thing, maybe that's a good thing, is really hard. And I think it comes with time and it really comes with the right people. And you know, it's the same thing I would say with like being in a relationship with anyone. You know, you kind of have to communicate, be on the same page and really, you know, to, to, for the most part, want the same things or have the same ambitions and goals, I guess. And that's how a band works because, you know, if, if, if everyone's on a different page and you're like, oh, well, we're trying to achieve this and they're like, oh, that's not really what I want. Where's your middle ground? It's it's quite hard to get that. What's what's the dynamic now with an album sort of in the works or in the bag? I don't know what, at what stage you guys mm. are at now because obviously you've got this signing um yeah how how is that i mean obviously it's massive it'd be massive changes from everything you've been talking about from that last album and and going through all those big Mm. changes around that time i mean what what's been the big difference that you've seen sort of i mean where are you guys up to with the album um so i guess the longest short story i can give of where we're at with the album at the moment is album's been done for a little bit now yep um we're kind of just holding on to it because we obviously had the psychoptic tour coming up which was a priority um, you know, seeing who was interested label-wise and all that sort of thing. Um, at this point in time, we've actually been learning the new songs and, you know, getting ready to tour, effectively. That's where we're at. Um, and I guess dynamic, like, as far as this process is concerned and how it's been this time around, I'm just going to sound like a really, I, I know, maybe a bit weird to say, but I think we're all in much better places, people. Hmm. And so because of that, I think this album is much better. Um, that might be biased because of how we feel about it, but, like, listening to this album as individuals and like, as you know, listening back to it together, I think it's, it's, it's definitely our best work. And I think it represents us as people better than ever. And I think because we are in a much better place as people, I think listening back to the music makes us happier than it has in the past. Like, I think for me personally, and I, I, I mean, I know the guys have shared similar sentiments, but for me, this is the first album I've been able to chuck on and listen back to and enjoy as a listener. I don't really get that from music. I write, and it's not like I don't like my music. It's just, I much prefer being a performer. I much prefer performing the songs live and seeing other people enjoy it because that's what that's I I really like that aspect of it. Um, but this is the first time in ten years that I've actually sat with one of our albums and been able to listen to it start to finish and actually just smile and enjoy it. So that's for me that's for different. That's just such a different dynamic to have than every other album. Every other album's been this is awesome. Let's record it. This is awesome. Cool. It's done. Let's go tour. And I don't. I, I yeah. This is just really different for me. And I think it's reflected on how everyone else has approached it. We're all really freaking stoked to get on stage and play the new songs. Um, obviously play all our old favorites and all that sort of thing, but we're, we're really keen to get on stage and just see how people react to this because we're really excited for it. So it's a different, it's definitely a different dynamic. Um, again, I think we're all in a very different place as people. And I think it's been very openly reflected on the album. So I'm, I'm really glad and I'm, I'm keen to see how that translates for everyone else. It's cool. I mean, even just, you know, listening to everything you've been saying in this conversation and you just get so much more context behind everything. Like you get the, you get the journey, you you hear about some of those adversities along the way. And then you start to think whether, whether, you know, the lyrical content and all that sort of stuff is, is a separate thing altogether. And there might be mm. links in here and there and different things uh, from a lot of these times, but they might not be, but I think it's just, it's the energy that goes into it. And, and, yeah. and that dynamic, as you said before, and, and even for you to be able to say, this is the first album that you're, you're able to listen back and enjoy. Um, mm. It's, it's cool to hear that context because, you know, well, at least from my end, I'm, when, when that does come out and I listen to it, I'll be able to listen to it with that context as well. And I think yeah. 
it's that that story that that context attached to it is so important mm. and i think people if they yeah. understand a bit of that motivation that or the energy that sits underneath underneath those songs um people people find a way to connect with it so much more and it's just it's cool it's it's awesome hearing people talk about their own music mm. like that dude I, I it's funny because like i totally agree and i think i think for me anyway it's a sign maybe more these days at least with bands like bands didn't always talk about you know, to get that, that whole thing of like, oh, they're in a band, it's really special and amazing. It's like, you know, I felt that way about the bands that I love and whatnot. But now that I'm sort of like, I've been lucky enough to be friends with some of those bands more nowadays and I get to talk to them about the inner workings of the music. And it is more exciting for me as well because I get that it's like, dude, you just, you know, we're all just people writing about our experiences or writing about things we care about. And if we're lucky, other people might enjoy it. Like that's, that's really all it comes down to. Hmm. So it's really cool to get context on what people are writing about or why they're doing it or what went into it on some albums. And it's cool on the opposite side, like when bands talk about albums that they don't like that they've written, you know, like when they go, yeah, well, you know, look, this happened at this point in time, but I still kind of enjoy the music more because of knowing where it came from at that point. Like you look at something like, you know, Metallica, Stain Anger, which I know, you know, most Metallica fans don't really think is a good album. And like, I'm not really a massive fan of it, but knowing where that album came from and why I still have a special spot for it because of knowing where the band was at. You know, it wasn't just this out of nowhere album that was like, what the fuck's going on? There was a reason that album exists and the way it exists. And I think that's how every band is. So it's, 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 yeah, it, it is an interesting thing to get that perspective. And like, I know like for us, it's like, you know, we're quite a small band overall and all that, but it's nice to just be able to go, everyone kind of does this. Everyone writes music and has their thoughts and opinions and whatever it is, and that's kind of what goes into it. So it's nice to know where it comes from because then, like you said, it's a context thing. You can listen to the music and be able to go, oh, it makes so much more sense now. Like, Lamb of God's one of my favorite bands. And then listening to Stremondang, the, the most recent one, after Randy being incarcerated and all the stuff he went through, it's like reading those lyrics and listening to that music you, you feel what he was going through, and that's that's a really intense thing to have as a fan, knowing what came from the music. Yeah, man, and, like, I think you'd probably be in the same boat as me. You know, the bands that you listen to, those albums that you listened to growing up, and that whole world of nostalgia where you sort of look back mm. and you, you associate an album or a song or a band with a particular time in your life where mm. big defining moments were happening. And so it was almost like the soundtrack in the background. So when those songs totally. come back on, you go, whoa, and you sort of, you fly yep. back into this, into this time where it was just this dynamic moment where it was either, you know, just, just a heightened of, of emotions that were happening good and bad and so suddenly just mm. it's this big it's this it's this really ref reflective uh moment that you have and i think that's really important but also understanding some of that context from the the musicians yeah. and the bands and also just puts so much of so much of a, an anchor into the into the songs itself so it almost adds yeah. a whole extra level of substance to, to music, which is just so cool. I mean, even the, the St. Anger one's like a really good example, but um, another one yeah. which, which I've always loved, and I actually love the album Heats More when I, when I heard part of the story, but it's um, uh, Bon Jovi's 7,800 Fahrenheit, 7, 8, 7,800 oh, yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, um, like total cheesy AOR stuff and, and some, some yeah. like really, really cool songs on there. But um 
I think I'm pretty sure John Bon Jovi hates that album. And I think, and I'm pretty sure Sam Bora even said at one point where they, 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 they were reflecting on it and they said it was the darkest moment of, of their career where there was so much, there's so many bad things that were happening. Nothing was going right. And they were ready to just throw it all in and just move on yeah. in separate directions. And it was almost like they had to push this one out. It was just so hard to get out and everything seemed so forced. Mm. And it was just this, really like even like years and years later they still didn't look back on it fondly at all and i heard that and i thought and i was sort of like what are you on about like like those songs are those songs are hook city they're so good and then and but then i started listening to it again and you can you start to imagine some of that tension and some of that pain and some of those things Uh and you go oh man like oh these songs are like they're not just like catchy little pop songs and things like that. Like, oh, totally. there's, a bit, there's a bit of substance there. Oh, there's a bit of grit. Oh, wow. And so suddenly you, mm. you just, it's it's a bit of a movie soundtrack now. There's, there's a storyline totally. attached to it. It's just so cool. So cool. But every, and, you know, it's funny because people talk about how, like, you know, uh, album formats are going the way of the dinosaur, so to speak. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just old, but I totally disagree with that because I love that bands can write something and I listen to it and go, this is a time capsule of these people at this point in time. And I think there's something special about a collection of music that represents the band, good or bad, whatever it happens to be, like you make that Bon Jovi example, but like you can always listen back to that and now know where it came from and be able to go, oh, wow, that's, that's why that's how it is. And there's something special about that. Like, I like that that's a thing. And, you know, you, you listen to, um, like, And Justice for All by Metallica, right? Like, after Cliff passed away, you know, all the stuff that went on with Jason and the fact that there's no bass on that album <laughs> and all those different things, you know. But when they talk about that, you sit there and go, fuck, like, that makes so much sense. And that's important because that's what, you know, and again, that album's, I mean, that album's incredible anyway, but it exists for very specific reasons. It sounds like that because because of very specific reasons and that context and that little sort of bubble is like what's going to last forever. That time capsule of that year and that release is never going to change. Um, and that's pretty cool. I think that's, that's the important thing. And that's the way we look at stuff with the band is like, whatever we release, however it is, that's it. That's, that's how it's going to be. And how it is, is what five of us created at that point in time and how we felt and however, you know, so sort of the, the canvas of the actual recording it's how that painting ended up, and that's, for good or worse, is what is, you know, going to be encapsulated on it. And, like, I get one of my um, – one of the ones I like is, um, for example, um, Trivium's um, Crusade album, which, like, I'm a massive Trivium fan, and that album just sounded so sort of out of place in their library and all this other stuff. And, you know, all these years later, like, the guys talk about it in a sense of, like, yeah, we just really wanted to please every metalhead ever – uh, ever and we wrote an album that effectively no one liked um because we're trying to please everyone else <laughs> mm. and we realized that was the dumbest shit ever and then shogun came out and i think i for me that's still like my favorite album but they wrote this album that didn't sit like that album does not sound like anyone else in 2008 like there's no other band that sounds like that in that you know in that sort of time frame and genre and that was a byproduct of writing an album that was effectively there to be this product that they wanted everyone to be pleased with that no one liked effectively. Or like, you know, it wasn't metalcore enough for the metalcore fans and it wasn't metal enough for the metal fans. And then they just went, you know what, fuck this, and then wrote the album they wanted to write. And I think that's some, there's something really powerful in that. And I think having that time frame between the two albums and that story in between says a lot about how they grew as musicians and which is just, I think, applies to people in general. That time in between and everything they experienced is why they got to, you know, point B or whatever it is. And, you know, I think that is 
and as a fan of music and as a musician as well, I, I freaking love that stuff. I thrive on, you know, learning about all that stuff. I think it's awesome. It's nice to get a cool insight in, you know, these other people's lives who are doing these things that we also love and get a, you know, happy because they do it because of the music and what we love about it. So, it's just those, yeah, it's just those storylines, you know, you, you, it's like your, your typical movie where, you know, it starts off and it sort of portrays all the characters and then they, there's, there's, a, there's yeah. a problem and so they, they go off and try and work out this problem. They go through all these different <laughs> journeys of adversity and then they sort of then find the solution or they all come back together and work it yeah. out and there's a bigger moment and then they sort of, you know, ride off into the sunset. And, yeah. you know, bands, m- musicians' journeys along the way have similar sort of peaks and troughs and different directions totally. and, and sometimes we get lost and we go off in a different direction and then we find ourselves again and we bring ourselves back. And mm. at the time, in the moment, uh, it can be the worst thing in the world and it can be that for the listener as well, the, the fan of the band. Mm. Um, but then over time, as you look back and you see what's behind you and, and all the ups and downs, you think, wow, like that's a pretty colourful colourful journey. And, um, you know, whatever I am today is, is the sum total of, of everything that's come yeah. behind, before me. So it's... Um, it's it's cool and it just makes it exciting and um yeah i'm 100 on on the album and time capsule mm. concept i think um it's yeah. it's it's a really really how people digest music i mean it's it's a completely different story and and obviously you know technology and everything has certainly changed the way that a lot of people you know digest it but i think ultimately you know you you put things out there and it's 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 sort of this no regrets approach this is unashamedly who who we are or who I am at this point mm. in time um warts and all and the best that we possibly can be and and if it sticks it sticks if it doesn't it doesn't and we move on and and people can look back whenever they want and see see the good the good the bad the ugly oh 100 percent, dude 100 percent. and I think that's again that's all it is you know like life's a set of experiences and that's all it comes down to you know and and I think as a musician it's you know we we do these things and it's almost this unintentional documentation of our own experiences, you know? And the fact that, you know, when you do write something, because it does generally draw from personal experiences, that's why people enjoy other people's music because they can relate because you can sit there and go, I didn't write this and this is probably not about me, but I know exactly what that person's talking about or I know exactly how you feel. And that's, that's important. You know, that's why we listen to music and stuff. It's, those emotional experiences otherwise you know we, we wouldn't i don't think yeah that's why people I don't think so it'd pa- be that important well that's right that's why you know music's such a big passion for so many people and mm. whether whether you're an avid listener and you you're sort of an enthusiast and you know know a lot about different genres of music and bands and all you're just mm. somebody that just turns the radio on and whatever's playing is playing it it still strikes a chord and and it, it still totally. means something to to people and and everyone gets their own their own thing out of out mm. of a song or out of out of a style of music or whatever it is so that's why absolutely that's why that, that passion's there on on a, on a range of different levels absolutely man and like it's funny like you talk, like talking about like the whole t- like in, the, in the time capsule stuff and all that like listen like for me listening back to pvm for example even like the difference of when we wrote it compared to where i'm at now it's a very different listen or like playing those songs it's like the perspective I have now versus when we wrote that, it's it's very different to listen to that album or play those songs knowing that from that point as a person I've changed and I've learned a lot since then. So it's it's always it's a cool little thing to have as well to look back and, and go, Huh, that's that's where I was at or like that's that's you know, even for me as like not a fan of my own band so to speak, but like as someone who's in the band still to look back and be able to go, Wow, I kind of forgot that that was a thing or I 
you know, didn't realize that's quite where I was at. But you listen back to your, even your own music and get reminded because that's what you wrote. So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting thing. Oh, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's how I bring myself back to earth. You know, if you, if, if I'm ever feeling like, you know, those moments of, oh, geez, like, you know, this isn't fun or this is hard mm. or this is becoming a bit too tough for whatever reason or you yeah. just, or why, we, why are we doing this? And it'll either be me just going, oh, okay, I'll force myself to listen to like one of our older songs yeah. or something like that. And then I'll, it'll be, I'll be taken back in time and I'll go, whoa, yeah. geez. And then I'll go, ah, oh, there's that energy. Like there's that spark. Yeah. And then suddenly you go, okay, I get it now. I'm, I'm right. Or, and this has been yeah. recently, like the, you know, we've only done two shows this year and, yeah. and it's been so long since we played. And so you sort of, you lose, you lose your course. Like you, you don't know where you're going and, and you focus. Mm. And so, you know, at one moment when we're playing in Melbourne, you know, we're playing a song and suddenly I'm like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's that feeling. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, I forgot yeah. all about it. I couldn't believe it. And mm. so it's just this, these weird moments that you have where, you know, it's the combination of, of the song itself, the, you know, where you are on that fretboard, what you're doing, that section yep. of the song where you, suddenly you're standing there and you just have this moment of awareness that's like, <laughs> I've, I've been here before and, yep. and I know this feeling. I miss this. This is right. <laughs> this, is, this is a good yeah. feeling. And I forgot about yep. this. How cool. And so then it just gives you that little boost again to, to get you back on track. And it's... Mm. It's cool, man. It's um, it's it's a yeah. little bit of a little bit of um, therapy for for all of us in in music. It's really cool. Oh, dude, totally. Um, similar sort of note. We obviously did the Winter Sun tour at the end of last mm. year, and that was the last tour we did. And unfortunately, um, Joao had had a really bad wrist injury, hadn't played with us for like six plus months. And when we did Legions of Steel in the middle of the year, Joao couldn't play. Um, and it was this weird bittersweet thing because our original keyboardist joined us on that night to play some of the songs with us, which was like really, really cool. Um, but you know, it was sort of like a bit of a one-off show and that was really cool and whatnot. But then when we did the Psychoptic tour, like first show was like a little bit like, all right, guys got to ease back into it. It's been a while. And first show had done with us in like 12 months. Um, by the second show, like, you know, by sort of like the second song of the second show by the time you know, there was a pick going and we all felt a bit more comfortable we all just kind of like had that weird moment on stage that we kind of caught glances of each other and we're like yeah that, <laughs> that's that's the feels that's that's what we're here for that's it so it is it is and it's so hard explaining i think personally and i feel like there are obviously people who are passionate about anything in their life can relate in some way but the whole idea of like being in a band and like doing the touring stuff and like you know you spend yeah, you know, 23 hours of the day is just garbage trying to get ready, try to travel, trying to get whatever sleep in, right? Just so you can jump on stage for like, you know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever it is. But trying to explain to people how worth it it is, is just, it seriously sounds insane. Just trying to be like, yeah, yeah, no, like we sleep in these bunks on this bus and like there's no real like bedding and you can't really like, you know, most places you can't really take a crap out and you can't really have a shower and they're just staring at you and you're like, anyway, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> trust us. <laughs> yeah. Nah, trust me. Best, best thing ever. <laughs> That's it. It's, and, and I think we all also forget about that as well. So, you know, in those other 23 odd hours, you sort of, mm -hmm. you're hating life and you're going, oh, geez, like, oh, oh, I hate everything. I hate everyone around me or I'm tired. I'm, yeah. I need a shower or I'm hungry or whatever it is. And, but then, 
then you sort of have that moment where you, you click on stage and then you have that chemistry and that energy is flowing in you just, and then suddenly everything just everything else is forgotten like you, you're in oh, this yeah. moment in time where you, nothing nothing else is in your mind you, your mind is not anywhere else but right there in that moment on stage and it's mm-hmm. it's almost like this you know it's it's like a form of meditation i think because it's there's not very many circumstances where people can be totally in the moment and it's very very hard to sort of yeah. replicate that and there are i mean there's a whole range of different things but i think for most of us just on a day-to-day basis everyday life mm-hmm. it's very hard to get into that moment where you're completely 100 percent in that moment and being on stage mm-hmm. is one of those things where you you can't afford to have your mind elsewhere but you, yeah. you also naturally just fall into this place where you you are right there in that moment and you're just flowing with everybody else and you're just and not even consciously sort of being attentive to everybody else because you're in such a flow state but you're, yeah, you're yeah. but you're present and it's just such a cool feeling in and it's it's very similar to like a form of meditation I think I agree and again that's that's what it comes back to is that weird serenity you have like playing your show or whatever it is performing and the rest of it yeah it really does it just kind of makes everything else just feel kind of okay and puts things in perspective but like i was saying before going back to sort of the start of this conversation um all the way back then um <laughs> when that sort of became something that i stopped enjoying that's when i knew that something was wrong yeah because that was always something that just never had to be questioned there was no reason why it was good there was no it was just good and I always felt good doing it. And so for me, my telling thing was immediately just like, whoa, this doesn't feel good and I don't know why. So if there's things in your life that you sort of have that from or those excitements and it's something sort of doesn't feel right, that tends to be a bit of a telling factor that something's up. Got to have a bit of awareness. Be, be attentive to everything mm. around you. Um, totally. Totally. I had a long list of questions to just completely rip apart with you for monolith. Um, oh, yeah. Because I'm so fascinated <laughs> by what you've created. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about it really, really quickly. But I've, as we've been talking and I keep looking down because I've got a little, little notepad here with everything written out, um, I might get you on my other podcast sometime in the new year um, from a self-starter point yeah. of view and really sort of dissect it all because I'd love to know a little bit about like that light bulb moment, how you got started, yeah. um, you know, getting it up and running, getting the name out there, your networking. And obviously, I mean, you know, being a musician, the networking aspect yeah. is so critical. So it just, there would be a natural mm-hmm. flow into, um, you know, creating your own business and obviously being something that works in, in that music realm as well definitely helps. But um, there's so many mm. cool things, um, you know, looking from afar at what you've been doing over the last several years. And you've got this nice little uh, catalogue and resume of um, some pretty cool albums over the last few years. Yeah. Um, there's so much stuff to talk about. But I guess, you know, Monolith Studios, as it is, do you, do you just want to, yeah. I guess for people that don't know, do you want to give it just a quick crash course of, of what it is and, and what how long it's been up and running and what, what you do yeah. and what you've done? Um, cool. I guess the shortest story possible is um, I went to uni and did computer science, which I loved. Um, left uni and was doing web design and really just passionately started disliking it, unfortunately, due to like just honestly the overall work and like clients and stuff. And it was just, it was just not fun for me personally. It just stopped being something that I enjoyed at the same time. I was just starting like recording demos 
learning enough about recording to sort of start tracking guitars for our band and whatnot. So it was just a hobby, um, which I just really enjoyed. Didn't do any formal training for. Um, mostly just was just super passionate about it and just started recording local bands just for demos and stuff. Um, but they kind of was, I guess, like a bit of a light bulb moment where I just went, oh man, I want to do this all the time. Because like I was up till like four in the morning, either editing someone's guitars or jumping online looking for information about recording and what gear people are using and what settings and why. And it just sort of hit the point. I'm like, I'm spending more time doing this than my real job. <laughs> this needs to become my job because yeah. this is what I want to be doing. Um, and I'm very much a kind of throw things at the wall until it sticks kind of person. So a lot of trial and error for me. Um, but my mentality is usually when my mind's set to something, I just, it needs to happen because that's just the kind of person I am uh, for good or for worse, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but with the Monolith Studio stuff, it really was just something that started out as a hobby. I started approaching more and more bands and, you know, getting more people to work with, which meant more experience for me. And luckily, I got better at it, so that's always helpful. Um, and honestly, just it very naturally became something that, be, you know, became a full-time job after a while because I just kept talking to bands and I kept putting out releases. Luckily, like, bands kept coming back, and because of that, I had you know, clients who hit me up because they'd heard albums of bands they like. And, you know, obviously, especially with the Australian metal scene as well, it's such a tight-knit community overall. I obviously had a bit of a face because of Orpheus. Um, at that point in time, it was still second album in, so it was kind of, you know, both things were growing at the same time. Um, but it was kind of, you know, half a dozen of one, six of the other sort of thing where um, Orpheus was doing a bit better and getting more FaceTime in the world, so to speak. And then because of that, people knew me and then they saw that I was doing recording. And I honestly just, I was pretty lucky that I've been, you know, I've had a whole bunch of really good clients early on to work with. And because of that, I've just, can, you know, really kept building the brand up as time's gone on. Um, I guess for me personally, and again, this is just the way I approach things. I realized very early on, I really wanted to be like, oh, I just want to be awesome at mixing, you know? Like, some of my favorite dudes, like Andy Sneap, Jens Bogger, and all these dudes who just put out such consistent work with some of my favorite bands. I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Um, sort of failing to realize that most people don't... Like, the mix is one aspect of it, but people want to know that they're working with someone who cares about their music. Yeah, not just the, um, the trademark sound. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you can send your, you know, my mentality is always like, I'm, I'm glad that people like my mixes, obviously. Like, that's, you know, that's what I strive for. And I obviously keep trying to improve that element all the time. But for me, my mentality is always, if something's tracked really well and produced very well, one, you're already on a winner because your songs are good and it's been tracked well. You can send it to a number of really good mix engineers and it's going to sound good. You know what I mean? Like you can send it to reputable people or dudes who know, you know, do good work and it's going to come out good. But if it's produced like crap and it's been tracked like crap, nothing's going to save it. Yeah. And if the person's been really hard to work with as an engineer, then the band's not going to benefit from like, you know, the expected experience. So for me, being an Orpheus, having already been, you know, playing in bands since I was 15 and being a, a very, I don't know, I'm very, practical about stuff i guess so when i had people record with me i very you know i tried to communicate myself as well as possible and just be able to go hey this is the thing that you're not doing right here's the right way to do it how about we work on that so we can make sure this part's a bit tighter and you can you know be able to do this thing that you're obviously trying to do and here's the right way if you didn't realize and just trying to be like especially with musicians you know i'm i, 
I'm sure I speak on all our behalves. We like our egos to be tickled a little. Like you kind of <laughs> need that in the studio. Yeah. And if you're not doing something right, it's nice when someone's there to coach you through it instead of just going, oh, I guess that'll do, or I'll edit it later. Like it's just not a good attitude to have. Yeah. And I think for me, from, you know, I guess the feedback I get from clients is I've been lucky that I've picked up on those things. And most people tend to not even, you know, before we even get to mix stage, they're generally very happy by the time we finish the recording and just, you know, hit play on a finished recording and then go, fuck, we did something really cool. <laughs> you know, like this album is fucking sick. And then from there, it's my job not to fuck it up. You know, <laughs> like from that point on, it's like now I need to make this sound as good as it actually is. Um, so I think at least from what I gather, my thing and why it's been going well over at least, especially over the last, say, three-ish years, why it's been excelling, I guess, um, is because I, as a musician, as someone who's passionate about other people's music as much as I am my own, it's probably quite easy to work with me, and I do like to be positive about stuff. I don't think... There's always tense moments in the studio. I think we've all been there. You know, you can't play a part. You want to headbutt something. Like, there's, there's issues with the song structure and everyone's having an argument about it, and those things happen, but I think being positive and being constructive is really important. I think I've had enough experience with some, I guess, in the past with engineers as well, where they've just been so non-caring about the project that it's like, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence as a musician when that happens. You you really want the producer or engineer to be like the extra member in the band. And sometimes I do get quite overly attached to the bands I work with. Um, so like, you know, I, I get to the point where sometimes I'm having a really big argument with someone because I'm like really passionate about something <laughs> about their music and we both end up in a really heated debate, whoever it happens to be. Um, but I think that's a good thing because you you really want to fight to make sure what comes out of the studio, what ends up on that CD or that recording or whatever, I guess on Spotify, or whatever, um, is the best you could come up with. And is, you know, you challenge yourself, you got the best outcome, everything sounds as good as it can, and you want to be able to listen back to it and be proud of it. So that's something I want from my music. So it's something I try to instill and always do my best to achieve with the people I work with. Um, and I guess that's just my mentality to it and how I've approached it for the last few years and it's, it's worked out for me. So that's sort of, I guess the, the path that I've been on over the last say five, six years. Um, and the weird thing for me, the realization I hit, I think last year at some point, and like, I feel like I'm totally downplaying my own music, but I hit that point recently where I realized if I wasn't playing music, if I wasn't doing like Orpheus or I, the enemy, I would be totally content working on other people's music which is such a weird point to hit, but like I'm so passionate about other people's music when they come in and to be a part of it and to help them like take something they already enjoy and maybe instill a few little notes, you know, a few little things where they go, Oh wow, we didn't think of that. And then they enjoy their own music more than they thought they could. That for me is like the most fulfilling thing ever. So it's, it's been an interesting thing for me over the last year or so hitting that point where I realized like I actually almost as passionate, if not more so about, helping other people and being involved in their work and projects and music than I am my own. So yeah, I don't know. I hope I get to do that for a lot longer personally, but yeah. Do you think that taking like when you've had that moment where you've realized, Oh, well, like I, I enjoyed this and I'm as passionate about this as mm. being in the band and, and doing all the band stuff, or if not in at times more, did you feel that that sort of took a lot of pressure off you? Because I've I've found over the years, yeah. I've found passions in other other places, 
you know, especially when you, you put all the eggs in one basket and it's sort of mm. like, my identity is a musician and I play in this band mm. and this is, this is the stuff that I've been sort of working on or dreaming about, you know, for, for however many years and everybody knows me for this, blah, blah, blah. And then you start to find other little things that, you know, yeah. give you a spark. And at least for me, and when you said that, it sort of just, I went, oh, well, it's very similar to me because <laughs> I, the, the weight off my shoulders was just so immense because suddenly I realized, yeah. oh, wow, like if one thing just stops for whatever reason and it's outside of my control, that's not it. You know, there's, there's so many yeah. other things that excite me in life and, and give me the, the passion and the drive and, and fulfill me in a, in a range of different ways. And it's sort of like, it's the, yeah. it's the diver diversification of, of, uh, of your assets, you know, <laughs> you've, you, you've got a number of different things in different places to keep you, yeah. keep you fueled. Uh, you're absolutely spot on. Um, and so I don't know if it was the same for you, like, like, um, tell me if I'm wrong here, but. I think one thing I realized was, so I always saw my band as who I was as a person. Like that was kind of part of the problem to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like I, the band was who I was. Um, and that just really isn't the case. The band is what it is because of all the collective individuals and sort of characteristics that we bring to it. Mm -hmm. So when that became more apparent to me, doing the recording stuff became more, well, people come to me because of who I am like and what I can bring to them. And that's not, that's only because of who I am as a person. That's just because of how I approach things. So I started realizing that, these things I do work because of who I am. So it was more of a relieving thing to be able to go, I'm actually this person who does these things. And those things just happen to be things that I am passionate about instead of the other way around where it was like, I'm only who I am because of those things. Cause that's really scary. Yeah. I think it's and like, it's, that it's that moment of identifying your own self worth. Mm. Like it's, it, it, yeah, you kind of already had it, but it sort of just highlights it or amplifies it where you realize yeah. like there's individual self worth here and, and there's value. Yeah, you here. stop tying it to things. Yeah. You, you, you sort of stop going, oh, I'm only this whoever or whatever because of this thing I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I think one, like a realization for me was, is I realized that my passion is not just, oh, I, I have to be in a band always. I have to. I love music. Music is my life. And I know that for me, no matter what I do, I'll always be doing something re relating to music in one way or another. That is well and truly something I'm, I'm pretty much completely sure of for as long as, you know, as long as my days, just because it's who I am. Like that is a big portion of what I enjoy. But I realize now that even without those things or without doing those things, it doesn't change who I am. It's just that the person I am and the personality I bring to stuff tends to benefit or do well in that context. Yeah. And that's a very different thing from needing to do those things so I feel self-worth or identity. Um, and I think, you know, it's like a weird thing. And I know it's like, it's, it's such a fucking millennial, like 2018 thing, but like, I feel at this point in time, people don't, people relate the things I do to me and go, Oh, that's a Chris thing. As opposed to being able to go, Oh, Monolith Studios happens to have Chris in it. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's like, Oh, Chris is good to work with. And that's why you should go to Monolith Studios or, you know, that mentality instead of the other way around, which is then like the, the, the thing that I enjoy becomes who I am instead of the other way around. So that's kind of something I've, I guess, worked on and realized over the last couple of years is like the thing I do seems to do well because I'm obviously doing something right. And that's because I'm doing it right somehow, you know, whatever it happens to be that I'm doing is working out. And because of that, then that just means that me as a person, 
applying myself to something is working, which means I'm sure I could apply myself to other things. And yeah, like I said, that's a very stress relieving kind of realization to come to, especially in the music industry. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that it's sort of like what we we're saying earlier, one, one of the things that we always, I think the things that drive us or keep us, keep us alive, so to speak, is that mm. constant want and urge to strive for something to to work towards something to progress but another thing that sort of mm. falls almost parallel with that and runs along the side of it is that feeling of contribution and where you oh, feel dear. like you're con you're contributing to something and you're adding value mm -hmm. to something else but it's it's from your own individual efforts and i think if you're con yep. and contributing to other people or to a group of people for whatever mm. it is then that's it sort of gets to that and maybe maybe we could go down a rabbit hole here and I'll, I'll try not to because I'm mm -hmm. looking at the time, <laughs> but I could keep talking for ages, <laughs> but it sort of gets to that, so that larger than life sort of those big sort of cliche questions about mm -hmm. the meaning of life and things like that. And I think, I think it boils down to a lot of these, these instincts that we have that, that are very common across people. And I think we, we need to feel valued. We need to feel like we're mm. contributing to something and helping something. And we need to feel like we're progressing and moving forward and doing things along the way. Mm. And, um, but a lot of us don't get to that point where we have that awareness and, and understand yeah. why we feel the way that we do. Mm. Oh, dude, I like, I'm only going to be able to like add my own sort of side of that, but I can't agree with you more. Like, um, it really, like a big turning point for me was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a light switch moment. It just kind of hap it got to that point and I realized what it was, was when I realized I was mostly just getting enjoyment out of the fact that I was helping other people achieve their goals. And it was this weird thing that I'd never felt so accomplished with anything that I did for myself. Like not in a bad way. Like I, I love doing all the things I do that benefit me. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, like get to go and tour and do things. But the second I started being able to help other people with that goal that they had that I also had when I was younger and just being able to have some kind of positive input on that, like I never realized how happy that would make me or how, yeah, like that made me feel so much more success than most other stuff I'd done, you know? And, and I, I don't know, I feel like, again, we go back to those cliches, but that whole like, you know, if you can just help someone else out in the tiniest way, it's the biggest payoff because you helped someone else. And it's, yeah, again, totally dumb and cliche, but it really is like the coolest thing ever to just contribute to something someone's trying to achieve. It's just a strange thing, but it's so cool. Yeah, man. I'm, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got nothing to add. It's, it's it, 100%, yeah. 100%. And I've, um, I've, I've had moments of, of clarity over, over the last few years where I've sort of, you know, sort of gone, Oh, wow. Like, Oh, that that's the reason why I'm getting this spark or this little feeling of, mm. of energy, positive energy and, and realizing that, um, I, it's not just about sort of myself, you know, and, and I think it goes back to, I think you, you sort of touched on it and it's probably a big, a big thing with both of us. It's as you get older, you go through different levels of maturity and, mm. and for us, we're probably totally. both, we're both reflecting and, and even like you said before, like, you know, parents sort of looking at what we're saying now and i can imagine my mum just sort of rolling her eyes listening to me waffle on her going, <laughs> going oh yeah all right it's about time you where's came... my thank you <laughs> yeah that's right it's about time you came around i've been i've been waffling on about yeah. this stuff for a long time but oh. it's um it's just it's kind of cool and it's it's sort of like these i i feel for me in the last few years and and you sort of 
you know, mentioning that you, you turn 30 next month. Um, all, all I can say is, and I think you've been through, you know, a lot of different periods in the last few years for yourself, but good luck uh, when you hit 30 because <laughs> um, there seems to be a common thing with a lot of people where you sort of have this this 30 crisis where you start to think about, mm. oh, geez, like, have I, have I achieved all the things that I should achieve at the age of 30? And you start to compare yourself with other people at the same yeah. age. What have they done? What have I done? And I think, I mean, yeah. I think you're in a far better position going into that with what, with everything else that you've mm. done so far. But, um, for me, like the last few years and me turning, I'll be 35 next year. Oh, fuck, that sounds so mm. old. I can't believe I, <laughs> I can't, I've never, I don't think I've ever verbalized that I've number. I've never said it out loud. No, not. <laughs> not not in the context of my own age. That's that's a really scary thing. But like, uh, it helps. I thought you were younger than that. So no, you're doing well, buddy. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> the last few years, like you know, for me, I think have been mm. some of the most developing years of of my life, as far as yeah. just my eyes being opened up to the world and learning about mm. myself and learning about the world around me. I think this podcast has probably helped a great deal with that. But I think it's oh, also yeah just just me sort of going through those motions of working out where I fit into the grand scheme of things. And I think the mm -hmm. only other time, and I'm sure like everybody has these moments at various times throughout their life. But I think the only other time that I, I could compare this to is that coming of age in your late teens, turning into an adult and mm -hmm. sort of transitioning out of your end of your high school, working out whether you go to university or not, going yeah. into the workforce, becoming an adult and all those defining moments. And, and I sort of almost compare it to that, that stage where I've, I've just, there's a lot of awakening moments and a lot of those cliches mm. fall into place and you go, oh, geez, okay, oh, that's what, oh, that's what that means. Right, mm. okay, now I understand, mm. I understand some of these bigger life things and, and oh, okay, I'm growing yep. up now. Here's an adult moment that I'm having. And, oh, um, dude. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, oh. it's been, it's been really cool, but, um, it's, uh, it, it's, you're going to have a, I think, I mean, I think you've already started this, uh, ahead of time anyway, but, um, you, you're going to have some, some pretty, pretty interesting, but some pretty cool years uh, ahead. That sounds so look, odd to, to be say honest, as well. dude. <laughs> no, no, I totally, look, you know what? I, I, I feel like if I was 20 and you said that to me, I'd be like, piss off. But <laughs> honestly, I, I feel like of like all my mates and stuff, I think I'm the one who's totally stoked to be turning 30. Cause like my, my dumb running joke is always just like, I can't believe I'm making it to 30. And so, like, my follow-up is usually, like, I'm learning more now and achieving more in the last few years than I ever have. So, getting to the point where I'm, like, I'm 30 and just being, like, I'm 30, but I'm still learning shit. I'm I'm turning 30 and I'm more excited to learn more stuff. Um, I'm actually stoked to be 30. Like, I get to be that old person who now gets to, you fucking kids in your 20s. Like, I get to say that now. So, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, I think there's a few good things that come with it. Um but no, honestly, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've definitely had a big change of outlook on life in the last, say, three years. It's honestly like a complete 180. Um, and getting to this point, I'm actually really stoked because I feel like if I was the person I was three years ago at 30, I think I'd be shitting myself. There's, um, there's an exponential sort of period. I think just in, in society at the moment with an exponential sort of, growth of culture and technology and everything and i think every, every just the humanity in general is moving at such an accelerated pace but i think even when people get to this age and around this time mm. i think there's this exponential period of of growth and as you said like over the last few years just for yourself what you've learned and what you've experienced 
is just has been accelerated and even for me like in the last few years for myself i probably learned more in my 30s than i have for the entire 20s and yep. and i and it, there's a level of excitement as well because as i think you know going into to my 35th year and thinking well in the next six months in the next 12 months what i'm going to learn over that period of time yeah. is probably going to be more than the last two years and so i'm going to continue mm. to learn faster and quicker and more efficiently and i'm going to be more attentive mm. and have more clarity and i'm going to continue to get better as a person so it sort of just gets more and more exciting as as the years go on yeah. because you just you start to get better i think the point you made though as well right there is the fact that you're like what am i going to learn in that time yeah because you're now in a position where you, and, I feel, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that I've met a whole bunch of people who seem to sit in that mentality and space now. Is like their life revolves around what can I learn? Yeah. What can I learn and what can I pass on? So it becomes, like you said, it kind of becomes this thing where you benefit because you're not necessarily, uh, like you, you don't take yourself to the point of, I know everything, I've got all the answers, and that's just how it is. When you realize that you're continuously learning like like no one no one no one gets to the end of life and knows everything you know like no one's that dude who just goes yeah i'm done you know like no one gets to that point you're always constantly learning there's always so many things to do learn pass on and all that once you get to that point i think in life where you just like take that on board wholly and just be able to immerse yourself in i just want to be continuously learning expanding experiencing that's when you not only become I guess, I don't know, maybe more whole to yourself, but you become so much more um, of a contributor to everyone else around you. So that point of like always wanting to learn is like generally what I tend to tell bands who come through. I'm like, always listen. If there's someone else who's done something you haven't or has information that you don't have, listen and learn because that is the most powerful thing that you can take on board. It's just learning things all the time. Because the second you stop learning is like the second you limit yourself. And I think life just kind of isn't as exciting if you're not learning new stuff. I mean, what's, what's the point? And and I think that's always been the case, but it's even more important now than ever before because everything just moves so quickly. And so mm -hmm. if you become too stubborn um, and want to just sort of stop at a particular point uh, and and just stick with whatever you know and that's it, that's when you know opinions become very old very quickly and become outdated. It's when ignorance mm. kicks in, it's when prejudice kicks in, and a lot of these things we're seeing in society at the moment where you know opinions and perspectives on life are being uncovered and highlighted in a way where people that have just become really comfortable in just learning a limited amount um suddenly realize that they have to sort of step up a little bit and and they're yep. experiencing some uncomfortable change and it's it's a very very interesting time but the people that mm -hmm. have taken it on as uh, i'm going to continue to absorb and take in information and learn and grow yep. um they're the people that are that are adjusting and, and and can show that flexibility as as the world continues to change change around us all mm. absolutely dude like i i can't add anything to that that's literally spot on it's like i agree completely on that <laughs> Well, I'm I'm going to leave it at this, and I could keep waffling on for so long, but I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to do you. I'm going to do a part <laughs> I'm going to do a part two um, on self starter if you can sometime in the new year. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I said like I I love what you're doing with Monolith and like what you've done in the band and all that sort of stuff is really really fascinating. But I I I just love anybody that takes that initiative and just starts mm. to create something out of out of nothing. And I think there's there's some really, really cool stuff there and I'd love to dig into that more. So we'll we'll do that at a later mm. stage. But um 
appreciate the time, man. I'm glad we, we made it happen. And yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I, I look forward to, to listening to that album when it comes out as well. No, nah, cheers, dude. It's been a really awesome chat. So thank, thank you for making time to chat to me as well. If you want to stay up to date with everything Chris or the band Orpheus Amiga, you can go to orpheusofficial.com. You can search for Chris on the socials or the band on the socials. I will have everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net. Uh, you can go straight to the website, click on the show notes there, or you should be able to click through your podcast player. There'll be clickable links in there and uh, check it all out. But andysocial.net's always a great place to go. few things before we wrap it up. As mentioned at the beginning of the episode, self-starter has wrapped up for season one. The first 12 months is in the bag. I believe the last episode will have been released by the time this episode comes out. If not, it's right around the corner. But uh, self-starter, season one, all done. Season two will probably be out around June next year. I'll continue to record. So if you've got any uh, ideas of guests for that podcast, please let me know. Um, but I really uh, enjoyed the last 12 months. But um need to spend a little bit of time updating the blog and doing a few other things behind the scenes to get ready for season two. And uh, it'll also help me continue to focus on Andy Social as well, because there will be no breaks for Andy Social. We will continue on into 2019, full steam ahead, lots of great guests. I have some crackers planned. I am trying to pin people down, but I've got interest for some from some really cool people. And it's just a case of well, we're just getting the time, you know, trying to get people, uh, you know, sparing a little bit of a little bit of their precious time to have a chat to me and cop an earful from yours truly. So uh, lots of great things happening, but self-starter season one done for the year and we'll be back sometime mid next year, 2019 uh, with the band. Yes. As mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are so close to an album announcement or for a single announcement, for any kind of announcement. Um, we were going to announce things a few weeks back. It didn't quite happen. We're getting to that point where we are so close that we're almost catching ourselves starting to create shortcuts, you know, shoot ourselves in the foot right at the last minute. So we've had to keep pushing ourselves, holding ourselves back and just going, just a little bit of extra time won't kill us. We've been waiting this long. Just, just do it at our own pace. And when it's ready, it's ready. So the album's there, the artwork's there. The final mixes and into mastering, we're pretty much around there. We're just waiting on the final uh, bits and pieces of the first video for the first single, and then we'll start to map everything out. So we'll start to have some announcements very, very soon, I promise. And as I've said in previous episodes, you guys will not be disappointed, in my opinion, of course. But I think that anybody that's enjoyed the band over the years will enjoy this album as well, and we're really excited to share it. So stay tuned. Be patient. It's coming Trust me. But that's it, folks. Another episode done. And guess what, folks? This is the last episode for 2018. Holy shit. I was going to do a big recap episode, but I realized that, you know, no one wants to hear me waffle on any more than I am now. So all I'm going to say, and I've kind of mentioned this on the last episode as well, just a massive thank you to everybody that's been supporting this podcast. Um, this year has been really, really cool. It's been challenging at times, as it's always been from day dot. Um, a real character building process and, and thing this podcast thing is. 
Um, but I've really enjoyed it. I've had some amazing conversations with people. This year's just been absolutely killer. Um, I was going to, yeah, I was going to do a recap, but I think you guys can go back and have a listen. And um, there's been some really, really fun conversations and a lot of people that I never thought I'd ever have a conversation with. So um, that will continue into the new year and we're going to continue to go all guns blazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you as always. And until next week, well, happy new year and Merry Christmas as well. I know that's sort of a few weeks ago, but I'm recording this before Christmas. So I haven't quite got into the Christmas cheer. So, you know, ha uh, Merry belated Christmas and a happy new year and all the best for 2019. And well, I'll see you in a few days. See you next week. Ta -ta. Larry. Larry, please.